Today's episode of Slot Shot Podcast is brought to you by CBS's weeknight hit, Young Sheldon. Have you been wondering about the future of network cable in the era of streaming giants? Curious where all the resources and creativity behind hit sitcoms of yesteryear have gone? Young Sheldon is your answer for the tasteless derivative drivel best washed down with a TV dinner and a Miller Lite. Tune in Thursday nights at 8, 7 central, only on CBS. Welcome back to Slot Shot Podcast, a hockey podcast. The boys are back in studio after a very, very cold week in Chicago. Alex and Arm uh, survived the Chicago weekend. I was, I was on the road, and we'll get to that. But boys, how did, uh, how did it feel being uh, kind of locked inside after a tough winter week? You know, the Democrats on TV will tell you that winter's dead, but you know, we got, we got, we got our little taste of winter. And you know what? I'll take it. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it's about time. I think one of the best parts of living in a cold or a area that gets cold for times of the year is that the summer and the warmth feels so much better. It's going to be 35 <laughs> this weekend, and you know what it's going to feel like? 65. That's just what – it was adjustment of the body, so, you know, it was good. And talk about a week to be locked in. So many great sporting events, including the Detroit Lions. Ross and I had a nice little watch party. Um, yeah, pretty electric. And then, and then the Wings win, too. Spronger gets on the board. Elton Sprong. It, the only shame was clearly Mickey Redman was talking about Sprong for, like, I don't know, a solid minute and a half. But oh, the Mickey, Lions... was, Mickey was wasted Saturday. Are we getting to the end of Mickey? Mickey was, Mickey no. was, Mickey was 100%. He, he had a half cocktail past, before. Half past, uh... no, 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 no. In his, in his peak. I mean, that's the old broadcasters. They used to have cocktails like you know, right up until they went on the air. And you know he's got the spot in Toronto. You know Mickey's got the setup. And then the wings were off till Wednesday, so Ross and I were discussing like probably a big wings night. You know They got stuck in Detroit, had to go to Toronto, big win. Mickey took the boys out totally. 100%. Yeah, I'm going. Just had to have him accustomed to the. Sprong was leading the charge. Sprong bought the first round of shots, too. Well, here's the thing. We've done a lot of Sprong talk on the pod, and I've watched a lot of Sprong. I was near the tinted visor. Didn't realize he had a pink tinted visor. Yes. Yes. He goes for the colorful one. Yep. He's Elton Sprong. I yeah, like it. That's awesome. It. That's the nickname now. It's Elton, Elton Sprung. Sprung. I, I love it. It's a lot shot. I, lo- I, lo- I love Elton John, one of my favorite musicians, um, and highly underrated. And um, Elton Sprung. I mean, what? Highly underrated? What okay. a nickname. Elton John, uh, highly underrated. You're right. The first no. time that was said. <laughs> you're probably right. You're, yeah. That's where they differ. Keep him honest. Keep him honest. Elton Sprung is underrated. It's so. actually a hockey story how I became aware of Elton John, but maybe we'll save it off the pod. <laughs> We'll get to that story one day. Um, the schedule for tonight's episode is uh, as follows. We got a little review. I was in the building for uh, a Nashville Predators game at the Bridgestone. We got an Avalanche update. We got Bali Sports. Big things happening there. Um, Eichel, Jack Eichel hits the shelf. Kings or Queens. And then the always loose change termite of the, termite of the week and Saturday picks to close it off. The boys, another hit after uh, a good week. The Arm and, Arm and Ross had the, uh, had the good picks, but... The boys put one together, which is always fun and exciting, but we'll get there. Uh, the Bridgestone Arena. The Bridgestone Arena. Interesting uh, interesting access right off Broadway, which is actually fun, where it's able to hop in a bar within 30 seconds of basically out of the building, 
at the bar seat with a beer almost in hand, which was wow. which was fun and exciting, and it leads to kind of a re- rowdy, rowdy uh, atmosphere. How in- far? How how far from from the gate to the building, right where you need to have a ticket to sitting sitting at the bar? We oh gate oh hundred feet. Oh my god! I didn't. I, I knew it was close. Feet. I didn't realize it was literally right there. Oh yeah, right there, right Holy there, pasted shit. right in the downtown of the Nashville area. Surprising, uh, surprising enough, Saturday night crowd kind of missed its uh, buzz a little bit. I mean, they had their cha- they had their chance and they were they were rowdy, but any catfish? Any catfish? No catfish. No catfish. Is that only a playoff thing? I I think so. We talked about it in uh, in walking in. I mean, forty one home games. You'd think catfish are getting endangered by now. <laughs> exactly, but. Uh, no, it was surprising to see. It wasn't a sold-out building on uh, on a Saturday. The mm. Islanders were in town. The Islanders actually stayed uh, in the hotel next to us, which was kind of fun. So some of the kids were able to see him, which uh, was always good to see. Look up to the to the future. Uh, but uh, the Bridgestone, we got up a, to see Cal Clutterbuck. I was just saying, any Clouds line, Cal, line had the one lone goal for the Islanders in this well, one. Well, what about Cal in the hotel lobby? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, no stories it yet. Seems to like a my hotel bar guy. But, uh, no, let's get into the building itself. We were sitting in the 300 level. That's where he met his wife. Uh, good, faithful crowd. It was full on the 300 level, which was nice and, and exciting to see. Um, drinks were flowing. It, you know, it was about, I think it was, it was an average price for about a beer. I think it was 11 for for a domestic. I for a 20 say. ouncer. For a 20 ouncer. But what I was drinking uh, Cran Vodka for surprising reasons. I don't eh. know why I got into that. Well, but. I, have an, I have an idea based on who you're with. Um, yeah. <laughs> Many forget, right? Everybody loves to complain about the price of a beer at a sporting event. Those are fucking twenty ounce drinks, you know. Yep. And um, I like of all my gripes with all of you know, you, you, it's become a regular, recurring segment. Beer prices I, I, at hockey arenas, right? Sometimes it, it, it's it, there's it's shocking, right? It's shocking at TD Garden to base six. You get two beers and the the bill comes starts with a three, and you're like, what? Yeah. Um, but that's forty <laughs> ounces of beer. Right, so like if you go to the bar and you get forty ounces of beer, that's what. That's I'm not a math guy, not a math pod. That's like three beers. Yeah, a lot of like bars. That. That's that's in the that's in the mid twenties, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that Too egregious of a markup. Yeah. No, I mean, fair. the profits are insane for for the company, but you know, and and you know the Bruins ownership. You know their their business that they run is the Delaware North Company, that literally uh, they run and operate. The concessions at most arenas, uh, interesting. Most major like sporting arenas. Well, you and got the Wurtzes who are in the beverage in- industry, and then versus uh, you got the the Boston family that's in the concession stands. Well, they're Buffalo people, actually, right? That own the Bruins. But anyway, yep. sorry. Uh, the building Bridge itself, it was interesting. Walk in, you know, Pred stuff uh, um, all over the place. Hundred level didn't get to check out the hundred level too much, but the three hundreds was uh, devoted fan base and, and fun to see, and actually. Was surprised to see how many uh, Islanders jerseys that were actually there. So there was a good faithful Islander crew there for sure. But two, two questions about the fans in Nashville. Yep. Um, number one, I want to know what's the most common Predator jersey you saw. Mm. I saw a two-two jersey, which was kind of fun to see. And the Sweet. second one I was going to ask is what's the what's the coolest rarest jersey? Yeah, so we I got saw the two-two, two-two, two-two one in uh, probably Pekka. Pekka, Pekka Rene. Oh my god! I thought you were just saying Michael Pekka, one no, of no, my no, favorites, no. Selkie Trophy winner. Yep. Oh yeah. We many forget about Michael, but. No, I'd say Pekka Rene. 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 Rene, yeah. It's, you know, whatever. It's, you know, expan- it's, expansion market. Of course, they like the goalie. And maybe. No, Pekka if, was sick, though. Come on. Yeah. Don't, oh, Pekka was key to all those, all those one-round playoff runs they had. Oh, and it was, yeah. it was Pekka. Next to him was David Poole. Those are the two retired numbers up in the, the well, one a GM and one Poyle. a number. Poyle. Poyle. Thank you. Um, 
Only Grife with the restrooms, only one way in, one way out. Do like the two doors at the UC where you can come in and come out. Yeah, so um, hold on. Up a bit. Quick, quickly on that, Sif, this is a, you're, this you're is a, a menace to society because you, you, you go into the exit when everyone's waiting. Oh, it's totally not acceptable. So, so there, there is a Led Zeppelin song called In Through the Outdoor, and I'm 90% sure it's about anal sex. <laughs> but that policy, like – People throw hands at you at TD Garden if you go in through the And they should because it makes everyone's experience quicker if it's used properly. Couldn't agree more. Nobody likes when the the line starts forming. I think they should have a security guard, to be honest. Agree. Concur completely. (laughs) Concur completely. They just have won a game and he randomly goes around, but you get a fine. And you know what I I do is is if I'm coming in through the indoor, right, we see the line starting to build in the exits, just call them all out and you've got them by numbers. And everyone else is on your side. 90% of the time they turn around and walk out. Couple dickhead guys will stand there and like try to, you know. You've seen, you've all been into the UC. Big. You all see the lines form out of both the en- entry and the exit. I, it's just what happens here in Chicago. I, I'm not saying it's necessarily Wait, right, so but it's just what I've been taught. Just quick, just it's what you've been taught to go here, into the here, exit. Here, you, I don't do that at other rings. You've been rings. taught I, that. John just Sif, go. John Siff co signs on that. Go. No, I, well. Who, yeah, who was your, who is your I mean, mentor? We're, we're going to have to take this up with John. The, the 22,000 faithful on Madison Street. They don't do that. Most people are in the other line. No, you see them out of both lines. I guarantee it. Go to the yeah. Hawks game. There's like five in one line. I'll tell and, you. Like 200 in the other. It's, that's crazy. Boston guy coming to the Midwest. I've been a little uncomfortable by some of the politeness just over my assimilation. Uh, this is a major outlier. This is one that. That's um, brutal. It's anarchy. It's anarchy. Yeah. People talk to me about what a war zone it is in Chicago. I said, yeah, have you ever seen a bathroom at the United Center? <laughs> so I have a question. How, how could you not enter through the exit in Nashville? At the Bridgestone. How did they... It's just one door. One door, one door in. One door in. Oh, one, one door in, one door That's a cage match. And, <laughs> so yes, that's yes. worse. I mean, it, the lines moved quickly enough, and it was it was, it was was fine, and that wasn't an issue. Um, it's one way to solve it. I but, guess. you know, I looked up ESPN to see, to see what they put the, they the capacity that, at. They had that at Wrigley for the Iowa game. Good. What? It was one of the only things they did well. They had a security guard at the oh, exit at the, to prevent yeah, people yeah, from going in. Yeah. And they have no handle on the exit, so you can't get in. From that the is another thing I was thinking. But I think they should have like a loss prevention guy who essentially goes around. <laughs> and he could be at any random place. He's not at all of them because you still want the assholes to do it. But right? he's, car- he's carrying a weapon. But Live rounds. Yes, and there should be a sign like 10 buck fine if you do this. And bam, you get ticketed for being an asshole. Overall, the thought process of, of Bridgestone to get it back onto what we were talking about. Um, pretty pretty good building. Facilities were kept up, clean. Thought it was a, a fun atmosphere. It was a really we'll get to the game in, in loose change, so I don't really want to spoil on that. But um, was was rather rather impressed for for the Nashville faithful on a cold night in Nashville. What was the climate in Nashville? Uh, like the the it was weather twenties that night. All right, so came no- in came in fifty six, went to twenty. That oh, next ni- the next night went to twenty. Then snowed six inches the next day. Jesus. So we saw it all in Nashville. Yeah. It was kind of weird, but yeah. Thankfully, was, made it out. How was it. the entrance into the stadium? That's a big critique. Like, I, not the a critique, but line line probably took less. Not than five in terms minutes. of line, but like, was it a cool? Because some places have like a cool. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah, the Joe. You walked up the stairs, and it was like, it, or you took it from the people mover, which is like you winding through this tunnel with all these wings fans. It, you, it was awesome. You come in. I came on the Broadway, the main entrance, and uh, you come in. You can go left or right to get to the hundred level seats. You take ex, uh, escalators up. Did you, you see the Pecorino statue? I don't know if I was on. I had eyes open for that one. Anyway, please proceed. 
yeah, no, I mean they had a nice little uh, hockey is for everyone uh, exhibit out in front of the 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 stadium. So they're they're trying to push hockey in in Nashville, which is fun, and it seems like it's succeeding. And and uh, the Nashville faithful, as ESPN's reporting, was a hundred percent in capacity that night. I I would argue it, but. Uh, good for them, and if they're they're selling it and they're growing the game, that's all we ask for. I'm not gonna lie, Arm. You know, you mentioned sort of the the, the pageantry of the big opening and walking into the yeah. arena and some of the. And I get that could be cool for the kids, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's a big event. We're going to this place, but I'm not gonna lie. When I'm going in and out of a stadium, it is full. Good fellas, enter through the fucking kitchen <laughs> mode. I uh, got my side door at TD that I'm usually coming in from here. Here at at the UC, always enter in yep. through the um, through the merchandise store, whatever yeah, you call yeah. that, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the team the store, store entrance. Um, and I'm I'm all about just avoiding the main the main. I'm the with hats. you. I'm just saying for like for some big games, you know, there's going to be a big line, mm-hmm. and I think it's a cool walk. For stadiums that have it, yeah, a lot don't. Yep. Like a lot don't have that cool yeah. walk. I've got, I've got, no, I've got no little stadium. The only, the only stadium thing I'll item. say about it, if you're not in the national area, direct area, it seemed like probably a little bit of a bitch to probably get to. I mean, you got to find parking, and, and I'm sure there's buildings around. But if you're staying in the the downtown area, it's an easy walk, and it was a nice little like five ten minute walk from the hotel, and it was a fun overall experience. So one of my dad's claims to fame as a season ticket holder since 1974. Um, is he had brought it up and brought it up and brought it up and brought it up at all these season ticket holder meetings and email threads, et cetera, about uh, providing free programs that show the rosters of each team. And the, the the Bruins have actually adopted it. And so every time you come up, when you get to the top of the escalator or wherever you're coming from, they hand you like this sheet that shows both teams' rosters, nice. stat lines, the coaches, and they used to have the names of the officials on there. Ooh. Well, you can find them on ESPN shows, which, off which, for is, the good, which crowd. is good ammo for for, for the chirpers. Um, was there any kind of a handout like that, or any kind of giveaway stuff? No giveaway, no giveaway. And we were yeah. there, we were there probably fifteen minutes before puck drop. Nothing, nothing going All right. on. All right. All right. Overall positive experience. I don't know if we have like a rating scale if we want to come up with one on the. On the probably not right now, but uh, something. Do you to have a rating to. in mind out of ten? Six, five, seven. Okay, that's what I'd say. Say, so, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other rings I've been to. I've been to T-Mobile a couple times, mm-hmm. obviously. Had fun at, you know, I think a nine at, or a ten out of ten at the Bell Center, unfortunately. Oh, I haven't been to the Bell. The Bell Center is really, really one of the best. Sat in the last row of the Bell Center, and it was interesting. Oh, it's it supposed was, to be one of the coolest cities. It was. It was. Um, I think St. Louis. I've been to St. Louis. I thought that was a fun barn. The Enterprise at, Center. Yep, the Enterprise Center. It was a fun atmosphere, fun barn. Um, but, yeah, I've been to the Garden. I had a fun – I went to a playoff game in the Garden, and it did not disappoint, no question about it. The flags were – we're going all around the the lower bowl, and it was a fun atmosphere for sure. Cool, cool. Yeah, Rock and roll. our little uh, little trip of uh, Nashville was successful, and and we'll keep an eye out for any of the boys. If the boys go to a new barn, we'll we'll make sure to get a review in there if yeah, we can. So yeah, and if you've been to one that we haven't, give so, us yep. an email. Tell us if we should where, or shouldn't. Where can they email us? Do you know? Slotshotpodcast at gmail dot com. Come Thank on. Thank you people. very much. Thank you I mean, very much. They, they've been coming in, right? We've they got have. a full mailbag. They have. They but, have. Uh, all right, moving on, moving on to the Colorado Avalanche. An interesting week for for the uh, the Avs. Unfortunately, Choo Choo, uh, Big Val, Big, Big Val, Val as they call Val, him. Val Nachuchkin, Nachuchkin, Nachuchkin. All right, all right. Hits uh, hit hits the player assistance program after uh, um, a released statement from the player. He looked to uh, try and solve some of his demons that he's been facing, and and all you can ask for is for specifically the abs who've just got the return of Sam Gerrard from the the assistance program you all hope for for the best and that we'll see the Val rocking strong for for a playoff push for this Avalanche team. Yeah, I mean big loss for Colorado. Uh 
Yeah, I I don't know like how big because they'll still be in the playoffs, I would assume. But they're losing their second best scoring winger right now. A guy who's crucial on that power play. He's been a tip in monster this year, um, and they've kind of been able to open things up on the power play with him. And in general, um, I think every one of us when we've watched him, he's just been a force. Like it's the best hockey I've seen him play um, ever this year. And we we talked last time about Colorado. They are short wingers for the top six right now. Pretty big loss. Um, I don't know exactly how much it impacts them because you'd hope he's back by playoffs. And oftentimes this situation, like these, can, you don't really know actually. So who knows? But well, Army, yeah. I mean, I think you're underselling it a little bit. He, he's been huge for them, right? Nate is on a heart Trophy pace. Oh yeah. Rontanen's doing his Rontanen stuff. Um, but shy of that up front, it's been it's been the big Val show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been dominant, and you know you mentioned his presence on the power play, no doubt, and his point production's been awesome. But w- what his calling card in the NHL ever since he got in, you know, he was sort of like historically low scoring when he was in Dallas, but he's always been a good defensive player, um, using his skating, his size, his reach, and it really just he's a unique athlete for what he does and the way he does it. Um, so that's a 200 foot game and that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of offense coming away. So the tough thing about the assistance aspect, just from a pure hockey standpoint, right, is that's indefinite, right? He could be back next week. He could be gone for the year. So, you know, I don't, this is, especially this time of the year, right? We're going to get into, you know, probably over this pod or next pod, but you know, the, the schedule here and, you know, things start to really ramp up in the NHL, right? You have your you have your all-star break, and then everybody's back from the all-star break, two, three weeks, trade deadline. Um, and then we're in crunch time. We're finishing out playoff seedings, and we're ramping up for the postseason. So, um, you know, this is a tough time of year for, for the Avs to have a big Val-sized hole in their lineup. Yep. Already without Lekkanen, already dealing. We met, we talked about their, you know, man games missed or whatever that mm-hmm. stat is. Um, this is. This is a huge hit to a Colorado team that had its struggles, Righted the ship, was making a surge, yep. beat a bunch of good teams in a row. Um, and now it's just, you know, they're just without Big Val. I mean, they're, they're dumping even more on McKinnon's plate, but mm-hmm. guy's been fucking no, unbelievable. Bo, uh, Bowman, Bowen Byram is also on the shelf. I mean, they've got the injuries are piling up in, uh, in Colorado. Alex, what do you got on this situation before we talk about maybe a potentially some positive news for Avalanche fans? Yeah, I mean, the good thing is they're 11 or 12 points clear of somebody coming for the division. It doesn't seem like Nashville or Arizona is really going to make that push. Um, I guess the door is slightly it's cracked, um, but not really. Like this, It's a pretty big lead to and have right now, dog, which is They're good. in a dogfight with the, with the Stars. Well, the that's the thing. It's Winnipeg, Dallas, Winnipeg, Winnipeg yeah. Dallas, Colorado. So, you know, again, we'll see when he comes back, and we're not going to predict, you know, this player assistance process and how mm-hmm. it works for Big Val in this case. But, you know... <laughs> That could be the difference between them getting a wild card and then having to play Dallas or Winnipeg, and that's a that's a big difference. And now you look at it, and they're you got to think they're favored to be a two or three now. Like they just got to be right. Nachushkin's such a big loss. They don't. I don't know who steps up in this. I, I don't know who the best winger on this team right now. Like the second best winger is Druin. He's on that line. Point scoring wise, right? Yeah. I mean, well, Lekkinen, but he's out. Lekkinen's out. And Druin, you know, I, I took a look at his stats. 10 goals, 15 assists. Like, he's putting together a solid year, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give him credit, you know. I think they're very happy with how that signing's worked out for, like, the number um, and the term. But he's he's the the second scoring winger yeah. behind Rantanen. Yeah. And then, like, God forbid, one of the other 
Rantino and McKinnon has to hit the shelf one time. They're looking super thin. And that's the thing with them is, like, if you gut their roster, but you still trot out Nate Dogg, McCarr, Rantanen, and Georgiev in that, it's like the worst they can be is, like, an average 500 team, right? And, but but it's just, like, how long can they drag that out and what's going to go on around them in the division? So it's something to keep an eye on. It's mm-hmm. also that's it's a point that I agree with, but it's kind of crazy when you think about that. That we can say that statement, but then we look at like the Leafs and we're critiquing them for having their big three all locked up, right? Um, I think it's oh, just the still difference. Struggling. You know, I know, but it's like the difference that like we're looking at McKinnon, Rantanen, and McCarr and saying that it doesn't really matter who's around them, you know? Yep. yep. Uh, it may hurt them, but they can still be effective and very good. Um, but we'll be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. For, I, I don't ex- I expect them to be like a 500 team until they get yeah. another winger back, really. It's uh, at least there's some positives in the horizon, maybe not in the near horizon, but in the future for the Avalanche. Says their captain Gabriel Landeskog has finally started skating again. He's still a long ways out. Um, the timetable probably would look like the beginning of playoffs for getting him back, but um, that would be a huge help for a team that hasn't had their captain in what three years now, two years. Yeah, and you know, obviously we're a big Landeskog pod. His playing style, uh, his leadership. Caught a little bit of McKinnon's interview with uh, Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts. Yep. Um, and you could just hear it in McKinnon's voice. Like, McKinnon is obviously basically, like, captain two mm-hmm. to the team and has been so. Right. For, for, you know, obviously throughout this injury. But you could even – you could just hear it, the way McKinnon talked about having Landeskog in the building, what that means for the group, what that means for everybody around. Um, and, you know, it, it could be a huge lift for them. But one point of caution I have, we talked a little bit about Pacioretty uh, making his return, um, which is good to see. It looks like he's kind of assimilating. He's kind of getting he's his scoring. feet under him. Yeah. But you got to realize Landis Gog's now entering a league that's only gotten faster. Correct. A year and a half, two years two later, years. and he might be stepping into the playoffs. And that's even a more, you know, especially the it's, crazy first round. No, so, it's yes, yes. To get, a, I mean, to go into playoff hockey after two years is is a is a very very difficult. Uh, to, uh, to get the body ready for that, uh, I mean, like in, like the war that, that 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 any first round series can be. Totally. Um, yeah, it, it'll be obviously we're going to keep an eye on that, but that's probably a topic for you know, months down the road. Yeah, yep. It's, it's just po- good good sign they opened the door. Exactly. They said they said it's possible. Now, if I'm an Avs fan, I'm not expecting them to play this year. Just like we we went through it last year. Don't expect him to play. If he does, be surprised. Found money. Yep. You know. Yep. Oh, he, the guy's only thirty one, so the mileage is still there, and and you hope for uh, that's an old thirty one. I mean, he came in at eighteen. He, he plays did. a hard way. That's plays true. a hard style. That's what we're seeing right now. I mean, the two years it's it's taken on. It'd his be knee fun to tough. see him back in the playoffs, though. Is, Very is this fun. is this a back surgery? That he's no, doing? this is a knee surgery, and I hate to bring the comparison. It's it's the same surgery that basically Lonzo Ball had for the Bulls, and it's been like three years. That I don't know what that means. It's, it's been it's been bad. Yeah. It's been really bad. Um, but hopeful that uh, Landy Landy can hit the ice here soon. Moving on, moving on from the Colorado Avalanche to Bali Sports. It was uh, reached today with an agreement with uh, with Amazon that Bali Sports would be saved, be saved, and uh, that they would be investing in Diamond Sports as part of a bankruptcy restructuring agreement. Um, Diamond Sports owns 18 under, uh, networks under the Bali Sports banner. And 11 of those are national hockey teams. So for anyone that is wondering where and what might happen with your network television and your network gaming games, um, Amazon is is buying them. And I, it does sound like they will be allowing that to be streamed on their Amazon platform. Uh, but Alex, what do you got on Bally, Bally Sports partnering up with Amazon? 
Yeah, so, like, we don't... I don't know exactly what's going to uh, happen with this. Like, I don't know if this is a this-year thing. Like, soon these games are going to be on Amazon. I don't know if they're keeping the TV stations long-term. You don't really know what's happening, but what you do know is Amazon's going to have control of this. Um, I don't know. I, it, it really depends what you think. I mean, I, I guess our prime example of Amazon so far is the Thursday Night Football. So, if you've watched that, that's interesting. One thing that I will say could be a benefit if Amazon makes a pretty big investment here... Um, we could see some innovation in hockey broadcasting. Uh, whether you like it or not, Amazon offered a second stream of uh, the NFL Thursday night games that included advanced stats and just different ways to watch. Analytics, th- analytics army. I know, but Strikes I think it could be kind of cool, you know, for hockey broadcasting, which is very similar. And I know for some of my friends who aren't the biggest hockey fans who tune into games, one of mm-hmm. their biggest issues is like seeing the puck. Um, and it's because I, I, like, I don't think it's that big of an issue, but I guess like if you're uh, an untrained eye could be a little bit more confusing to you. So I, I don't know. I, I think there's room to improve hockey broadcasting. And, you know, I don't mind Amazon going into this. Yep. Obviously, the uh, the, the uh, details of the, the agreement will come out. It sounds like it's a $115 million investment. Bali Sports covers both the or all the NHL and MLB and NBA games. It sounds like, uh, you know, last year you saw – the Arizona Coyotes let their uh, broadcasting rights kind of go, and now it's been picked up by the NHL. So the NHL has taken over uh, the Coyotes' stream, but this uh, saves 11 teams from basically basically regional network collapse. So that is uh, a little bit of reassurance for some of you fans that are under the Bali Sports banners. Um, it does sound like it will be a little bit of a while before it is um, included into the coverage of, of Amazon Prime Video, um, but definitely a positive look at for Bali Sports. And you know, just from like for our listeners, like why is this a topic for us, right? This isn't CNBC and mm-hmm. we're not the business news. So the way that things shake out, that remains TBD. But I think what some of our listeners might not be all the way dialed into is like, you know, we, we talk about the package, right? And it obviously transitioned from being owned by the NHL to being owned by ESPN. And now you get it on ESPN Plus. And I, 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 I think in the early days of the pod, talked a lot about being a uh, sort of a broadcast tourist and being able to watch different local broadcasts as you follow the teams. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed dramatically, um, especially in that 2020 to 2021 transition and and as things moved, those are the years that I moved out here that I had the package and I I really watched the whole league there, um, other than what, what gets televised nationally. And where you used to see a lot of NBC Sports, you know, you, it would be NBC Sports California, NBC Sports Northwest, NBC Sports Southeast. Those would be the te- those would be the networks or like the the regional broadcasts that cover these games. I, it's overwhelmingly Bali Sports as you bounce around and check out these different coverages. Mm-hmm. See this Bali thing in the corner, Bali thing in the corner. Really kind of caught my attention. So hearing about their sort of pending bankruptcy and finding a deal here, it just it, it dramatically impacts those of us that are you know following the league and and watching the different regional um you know the different regional broadcasts and yep. I just can't encourage enough the value of watching a team's broadcast. You pick up so many tidbits and you get good you get good insight both on the 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 pulse of the home team and you end up getting good tidbits on the visiting team. So when I watch Bruins games, I always watch the other team's broadcast. And so I get a good vibe for the opponent, and I also get to hear what the rest of the league says about the Bruins. And so that's kind of a unique thing uh, about how you, you know, how you watch across the league. And for our listeners, you know, if you sit down and watch a hockey game and you, you're, you're bouncing around, a um, couple tips and tricks I think we've alluded to, but you always choose the Canadian broadcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, again, is different from Bali. Those are all, you know, TSN and um, Sportsnet. Uh, and then the other one is 
always go with the Tyson Nash broadcast if the Caros- if the Arizona Coyotes are involved. Uh, so those are the main two tips. But it, it, we'll see how it shakes out. I like Army's point there about how Amazon could invest in it. I'm a little skeptical. We'll see. But um, some of these details, it, it'll be interesting. It, it, it's definitely like how the real business world's impacting hockey viewership. So it's a story worth covering, and uh, we uh, that's why we covered it. Yep. No, absolutely. Any final thoughts, Army? If Mickey Redmond doesn't survive this merger, I will protest. Riots out of the slot shop. Amazon Detroit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm there with you. I will, it'll be a hunger strike. Well, I also, I also think a very likely scenario in this is that the transition. Like, I don't think they're going to have streaming rights per se. Um, at least nationally, I think ESPN owns this still. So I'm a little confused about how that will work. I mean, I think structurally and organizationally, it's pretty obvious they're going to promote Mickey Redmond to the president of new Amazon <laughs> hockey division. I mean, he should be. And he should only wear that red flannel that he loves. Um, it's part of the job. Yeah. Or they dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Maybe they put Mickey Redmond on, uh, they have their own NHL red zone, Mickey Redmond style. <laughs> Oh my God! The Mick, the Mick, just like balancing Whoa. seven different games. <laughs> Check that out! Look at that clean sheet. Oh, of ice. and here comes McDavid again. <laughs> oh no, that's Fogel. <laughs> unreal, unreal. Uh, that's the latest with the network sports. Uh, moving on to the Vegas Golden Knights, they have lost forward Jack Eichel um, after a, a tough, not really actually, not that tough, but a, a hip check from Matt Grizzlick in the second period of their two-one uh, loss to the Boston Bruins. Um, Eichel would leave this game with it looks like Grizzly he left the game came back scored their only goal and then power left. play tip in um, and then I think the issue was really something Started that he realized the next day it was looking at the hit he gets most of his left leg and, and kind of opens it up it could be that he uh, I, we're not doctors so we're not going to speculate but it sounds like it's, he did have a successful lower body surgery that's all they're saying um, huh. what, do you and, think that, what do you think that could be I mean Hip feels like it would be a while. I don't know. It's tough What's to the timetable? Weeks to week to week, basically. Week to week. So it's something quick. I mean, it's yeah. for a surgery. That's got to be something very minor. And they haven't been playing very well. No, um, no, they have not. They're gonna hang around that Pacific. They're, it's funny, you know, them in Colorado, two cup favorites that are kind of muddling around right now, dealing with some players out. Yep. Some man games lost. And Bruce Cassidy after the game, he's going to miss a little bit of time, but I don't know how much time. Obviously, not good news for us. Or Jack, but we'll see how it plays out. He left the game, as you said, and later returned. He does lead the Golden Knights with 19 goals and tied with Mark Stone for the lead with 44. For you prop bet, for you prop betters out there, keep an eye on two players: Chandler Stevenson, who's going to be getting more time, probably playing with Mark Stone. Yep. Um, and in March or so, perhaps. And keep an eye on Nicholas Roy. Nicholas, he goes. No, it's Nicholas Wah. It's, he's a Wah. Uh, he's a Wah. He's a Wah. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Waugh, who's their fourth-line center, but I think is on pretty much any NHL team a third-line center. Mm-hmm. He's going to be getting more like second-line minutes. Yep. Um, obviously, center ice, biggest weakness in the Knights organization since they were created. And Jack Eichel trade was the you know major blockbuster move they made to address mm-hmm. that. Obviously, won a Stanley Cup. He had a great playoffs and was part of that. So um, yep. we'll see how it plays out. Sounds like he's all right and he'll be back. And hopefully this isn't much of a story. But for you prop bettors out there, Nicholas Waugh, Probably the good the the good money power play point guy, and uh, Chandler Stevenson's probably you're, you're going to see less odds for Stevenson, but that might be something to look into. Yeah, yeah. No, the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Rangers Thursday night, so it's a tough little 
tough game to lose Eichel for, and uh, we'll see how they're able to to kind of fend off the stretch without their leading point getter. Um, any final thoughts? Any thoughts from you, Arm, on uh, on Jack Eichel hitting no, the shelf? No, it sounds like he should be back. I mean, the only thing you get to be concerned about, like truly for Vegas, is like you just hope it's not something that he can reaggravate during the regular season, something that leaks over into playoffs unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Vegas is a pretty smart organization. They know that they're in a good position, so it doesn't seem like they should rush him back. Um, so, yeah. Yep. I think he'll be okay. Absolutely. Jack Eichel to the IR. Uh, moving on to Rusty's LA Kings in Kings or Queens. Arm, or Rusty, I'm going to let you lead it off. It's been a it's been a tough tough little stretch for your your Stanley Cup pick. What do you got to What do you got to discuss? What do you got to dissect? Go ahead. I mean, our Army nailed it at the top of our of our Kings are struggling teaser uh, last week. I love I love the struggle. I I I love the struggle. Um, what's a little problematic is this this run of losses here is this is more than a little stumble, right? They've lost ten out of eleven games. Um, they had a bounce back on Monday um, where they had a bounce back on Monday. They lose mm-hmm. again Tuesday um, after, you know, it was what, 10 straight losses. That's brutal. That is – there's no there's no two ways around that. For a team that is so strong, so structured, mm-hmm. and healthy, they're not missing major bodies and major ice time. And that's what's highly, highly concerning. Yep. Um, watching them play. Now, this is where it, it, it gets a little more nuanced, you know. I, st- I still I, – I, I am totally hammered down in my take bunker on L.A. King Stanley Cup champs. I feel I feel stronger about that now than ever. Um, but a storyline that we were big on early in the year has been a little dormant is Pierre-Luc Dubois. And he's been kind of demoted to fourth-line minutes, playing less, and watching him a few games. And we'll, we'll get to, I think, a little bit more of it and loose change. Um, but he is so frustrating to watch. He's like gigantic, uh, uh, not Kucherov, Russian capitals. Oh, uh, Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov. He, he, he just <laughs> j- just taking these loop de loops in the D zone, losing track of his man uh, in coverage. This stuff happens every single shift, and it's all mental. It's all mental, and it it looks lazy. It is lazy, but I think the bigger thing is he he's mentally out of it, and. I, you know, was kind of in the in the in the rusty cookbook here, watching my Kings, looking at the roster, thinking things around, um, looking at just enjoying the the huge strides Quentin Byfield's made, um, watching him on that top line, his assertiveness with the puck, some great clips Army sent us from um, whatever the Instagram account is, if you want to mm-hmm. plug it, um, and you know Byfield playing wing with Kopitar and Kempe, okay. right? I've I've been heralding that line all season it remains dominant they still look good but these games they're just they're having lapses they're not getting the most out of uh, out of that whole lineup fiala is you know he, he's a little bit of a trick-or-treat player and it's been a little bit of a of a downturn there um playing with Dano and trevor moore who's a guy that i think remains underrated he's a really good player he's been awesome but i have this thought as you know, Rusty's, how do we fix the Kings? What might you tinker with? And obviously Todd McClellan, tremendous respect. He's got great experience. And um, he, I, overall, he's been doing a great job there. They've been losing a lot of close games. That, that's one part of it, all right? Um, and I like that they're struggling. I think it's good. It's healthy for them right now to get past it. But I had the thought about flipping Byfield and 
Pierre-Luc Dubois in the lineup. They're similar athletes. Um, their playing styles aren't wildly different. If 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 Pierre-Luc Dubois simplified things, played played more like a byfield, and byfield really continues to show these strides of the player that they thought he could be, they never thought of him as being a winger that needs to ride shotgun with Kopitar his entire career. They thought of him as their new power center down the middle. So maybe try to mix that up. Maybe try to 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 see if Byfield can carry a line and see if Pierre-Luc Dubois, even though he doesn't deserve it, he does not deserve the opportunity <laughs> to play with Kempe and Kopitar. I can't say that enough. But when you're playing with Kopitar and Kempe, who's a responsible, smart player, big, tough, and all three zones, 200 feet, number one, when he's fucking off, you're not going to have guys wide open in front of the net like he is mm-hmm. in the fourth line. Um, number two, maybe it'll get his game going, get his confidence going, yep. get his head into things. I don't like it from um, from a sort of cultural standpoint, right? We're rewarding the guy that's mentally checked out and seemingly punishing the guy who's done everything right and gotten his game together and is showing great promise. But you could get worse in two spots in that, you know, obviously, like especially for coaches like, like McClellan, right? They're having a great season. He seems to be yeah. in a pretty sturdy position. But, I mean, they lose another five out of six or seven games, and maybe he's on the hot seat. Oh. So. Yeah, I mean, looking at the record right now, I think that's an interesting switch. And, you know, if you can wor- um, explain it to uh, Byfield in the sense that it's a compliment that we're trying to, you know, we're, we're confident in your game, it's growing, you're taking on a bigger role, taking up a center role for us, and, and hopefully unlocking a PLD, that would be a, um, a big help for the, the Kings. I mean, you're looking at the record, though, I, I've, I've taken a look at it, and they're 7-7-5 and five at home. And that's it's surprising numbers. You'd think a Kings team would be pretty dominant on the West Coast. Uh, but it, it's been quite the opposite as they've been fairly good away from uh, away from ice at 14, five and three. But the Edmonton Oilers points percentage wise have finally passed the LA Kings and they do have a game in hand um, as they played 40 and 41 for the Kings. Army, what do you got on the Pierre-Luc Dubois for Byfield roster swap? Yeah, so I, I'm not a fan of it. I understand the logic there, but like I would much rather confirm and let Byfield continue to develop long term and for the season. By keeping him in a spot where he's dominating right now, like I, I just don't think you me- you don't screw with that, you know. If you want to mess with, you want to get uh, uh, PLD going, put him with like Trevor Moore, you know. See what happens there. Give what, him give him a second line opportunity. What do you do with Deneau? You let Deneau, Deneau go let play Deneau, a shutdown role, you yeah, know. Let I him go do that, that, and that's fine. His role on the LA Kings, I think it's Philip Deneau. I just think like say that again, Jack. As someone who knows his role and will play his role as as a second liner or a third liner, I think if there's a guy that would do it and a guy who would embrace it, it'd be someone like Phil. Well, all these, the whole Kings team would do this. I don't think that's a question. I don't think you need to convince Byfield of it. I think the bigger issue is like Byfield's producing mm-hmm. on your on your best line, one of the better lines in hockey. Why mess that up? Right. Um, and you're broke, not gonna you're it. not gonna give PLD the power play over Byfield, which is a perfectly correlated top line on that power play that's right true. now. That's true. Um, so then you're screwing with things. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just don't see bump and byfield down. I think there's different ways to try to get PLD going. But you know what would be nice is, like, if he just moved his feet. Because, <laughs> because like, I don't think changing the line is should like, – I don't, I don't think he's going to start moving his feet all of a sudden. And if it will, he should show that he can move his feet first with the fourth line and then do it. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm so so d- like I'm, I don't I don't think changing the line, even if that solves it, I don't think that changes the player. I'm done with the kid gloves on Pierre Luc Dubois because his just mental inability to fulfill his potential physically is now the biggest hurdle between my Stanley Cup pick and their destiny. Um, but, but he's becoming a hurdle in this team's future. 
They locked him up. My, this is a huge problem for them. My item on the Byfield swap is is it's less about the development piece because I'm so sold on Byfield right. that I, I think Byfield development it's not complete, but it's sturdy, it's reliable, and I don't know. Yeah, I think it's something to consider. It is, and sure. you're, you're looking at it. The, <laughs> you're looking at it through the lens of of your Stanley Cup pick. Arms looking at it as a more neutral. Mutual thought, and that's where I can, you can kind of see the difference in the opinion, and both good aspects to look at. But Dubois is so frustrating to watch, though. I mentioned Kuznetsov because I almost threw a b- full beer through the window. But you know, Kuznetsov has done things in this league, yeah, um, and has been a really good player. Mm-hmm. Pierre Luc Dubois has not, and he's, he's shown his, flashes. He's yeah. put up points, but he's not done shit on his third team. He's still a young guy. I mean, when did the when did the red flags really jump off the page? And you they, know, did. They, they did, they did. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree. With what you. did two years ago? What we said in our prediction: if you're not happy playing, if you're Pierre Luc Dubois, and you're not happy playing on this Kings team with that contract, you're never going to be happy. Yep. Well, you know what's crazy too? When Winnipeg was playing well last year, Pierre Luc Dubois was great, and he wanted out. So I like that's where I say like oh you're gonna put on the top line he's gonna be happy he wasn't happy when he was playing well in Winnipeg and I don't know that happy has to do with it it's just like I don't know it's it's I just don't see a guy who's not willing to skate on any line being all of a sudden willing to skate because he's got Kopitar next to him and Kepi you know I just I just don't see it I think I think there's a massive mentality issue there Um, and it's one that like I I don't know how you fix it so maybe why not go try it my issue is they're now looking at a wild card spot they are. They just like they're not. I don't. I don't think they should be favored to have Vancouver, one of the top. Vancouver, Edmonton. Who am I missing in the Pacific? LA. You're missing uh, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. So Vegas loses Eichel, but like they're both ahead of him. Vegas right. has five points. You're right. You're right. They're in the wild card mix. Oh my god, L.A. Vancouver first round. Mm. I know, but that's what Juice. we're we're looking like. This team needs to win. This isn't about like this is not experiment right. time. No, um, I, I agree with you. And you know, Dubois on ooh, his eighth year. Ooh, it, L- it's, L.A. L.A. Winnipeg first round is a wild card. That could be fun too. There's some juice now, there as well. Now I said this last are, week. Uh, options are plentiful, and we're we're going to take them any way they go. Really, maybe the two most structured teams in the league, LA and Winnipeg. Winnipeg for sure. Yeah. Well, both are. Yeah. That would be like a two-one series. Yeah. <laughs> like, bet the unders. Yeah. Um, but I mentioned this last week. I was kind of nodded off, but I, I still think this is true. Uh, these guys need a shooter on this team. Trevor Moore's had a great year. Fiala. He's got twenty goals, and he's shooting the puck. I'm looking at the shots on goal numbers, and they're just low compared to what other top players do. Uh, now, you know Kopitar is not going to be a guy who puts up crazy shots. That's not his game. He's not the guy to solve that. Fiala's, I think, probably always been a little too passive. I, I really like his game, but like he's going to put up twice as many assists as goals, typically, right? Um, I think there's a room. You know what You know what a move I wouldn't mind? Bump Kaliev up the lineup. You know? Let's see. Let, let, just let the guy rip pucks, you know? And he plays. He plays like a grinder role. He plays like the sprong role. Eh, sprong. Okay. All right. You know fourth he's like the shooter. third or fourth line shooter, yeah, cheap yeah. goal attempt guy. Yep. Second line power play. Bump him up. Like I wouldn't mind a PLD Trevor Moore Kaliev line. I just like it's let's a, see what happens. It's a little light on defense. I don't know if this McClellan team doesn't need defense. Do They're the best defensive team in the league. <laughs> Try something to get goals because they're not a good offensive team. Yeah. They're not. It's so and point. I think it's that's an point. issue. I think they're going to be looking for a shooter at the deadline. So major development on their offense and their shots on goal. Brant Clark, not playing. Absolutely, I watched him play. He's played three games this year. Yeah, he just got called up. I know, but they have. So I, I was actually on Twitter, and Kings fans were all upset about this because he was called up for a while and getting healthy scratch. And they're like, "What are you doing?" I didn't know he was being health bombed. I thought he was in the A. 
point of game player. In a the little end. bit, a little bit of both. But he's been up a lot and getting scratched, and they're like, "Why are we doing this?" And there's this thing where who's the other young defenseman they have? Spence. Spence. Apparently, they won't play both of them on the same night. I can get it from McClellan's standpoint. They're they're the same kind of player. And what I mean, you've got you've got what Dowdy and Roy. Um, you've got Gavrikov and 44, Matty Anderson. And then you've got England on the bottom pair, who's your stay-at-home fucking grinder. And he needs a puck mover with him. And that's yep. where it's been Clark or yep. Spence. So, I don't. I mean, I don't know if they believe their playoff roster includes England. I think they do. Uh, maybe it does. I mean, I, I've obviously nominated him as a termite this year. Um, I, I, I like his grit and, and what he brings. It's a little different because a lot of the, these other guys are – Puck movers, etc. But that Brant Clark Spence redundancy—it's a little tricky. I'll, I'll just say this about Brant Clark, and I only saw he didn't play a lot of ice time, and I only saw two games I think that he played in of the handful he's played in all year. He does the hip open out thing. He does that Macar skate movement edge work, yeah. Like, and I was just saw little flashes of it, and most of it was sort of you know. Um, Subtle D to D pass where it wasn't a big contributor to a major play, wasn't being super aggressive, but just seeing that sort of hip and edge fluidity, I'm starting to see like, whoa, this is kind of like that people, next gen. A lot of people think he's the, the best yeah. pro- defensive prospect in hockey. It's a pretty common belief, uh, which is lofty given how many guys are in that category right oh, now. Yeah. There's a there's a good crop of young defensemen coming. So you know maybe their front office is looking at Spence as a trade chip. That could be it too, but I think that like in terms of moves, I would like to see put them both in the lineup. You know, pair one of them with one of the other guys who can play defense. You know, see, just because like the that's an in-house way to put more offense on the ice mm-hmm. and more and more offensive fluidity, getting out of the zone and transitioning to offense. You know, it's not it's not everything's dead right now. They've they've worked their way to a good position, but like if this keeps going five more games, you know, they go one and four in the next five, mm-hmm. they're in a wild card battle all of a sudden to, like, make the playoffs. They're not that far ahead. This is – it's – Oh, and you talk about scoring with this team. I mean, Kempe last year, he had uh, 41 and 82. He's got 15 and 41 at this point. You know, there's a little bit of a downward tick there. Um, and he has been that – not in a huge tick, but I'm just saying that it's been, it's been a subtraction from what they've seen last year. And, and it is a team that is kind of shooting scoring – Lacking, so I, I understand what you're saying, and it's a it's a guy that needs to to potentially continue his increase in in uh, in scoring for this team to to continue. I'm continue. just catching up because I've got a lot of Kings loose change items, and I'm just trying to catch up. Well, here. I think it's it's kind of perfect because we've got loose change next. Well, that's you know one smart podcast line mate might have thought of that. Structure. You know, maybe maybe um, well, a, cu- a couple lines in here on LA struggles. Uh, you know, you're struggling when Craig Smith looks good against you. <laughs> That was that Dallas game uh, Tuesday night. 5-1 um, loss. Craig Smith just, like, explodes off the screen and beat Dowdy wide and cut to the And I was like, oh, who was that? And I was like, 15, 15. Oh, my God, that's Craig Smith. <laughs> um, that's not great. I've got a million. I've just got PLD with the eye roll emoji. Um, PLD, <laughs> fuck, right. PLD, PLD fucking off in the defensive zone. Um, I keep thinking about that byfield swap. Um one other thing on Brant Clark. So I mentioned the hip fluidity thing. One other thing that happened to him was he got he got hit or pushed or something, and something hit his head, right? He, he didn't get a high stick. He didn't get it was a glove or a shoulder. Something hit it, hit his, like, skin on his face. And he just grabs his face and drops to the ice. And I'm just thinking to myself, 
this whole fucking generation of North American skaters. I've just had it with them. Um, so hopefully uh, he got a talking to about that and he'll clean that out of his game. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't know what to say because L.A.'s goaltending has not been awful. No. I mean, it's been Cam been solid. And, like, Talbot's an all-star, is he not? I think he is. And, you know, it, it, I'm all out. I mean, I'm all yeah. out. My, my, only, my only recommendation um, – my only recommendation is is that is is thinking about st- thinking about you know moving PLD in the lineup, which I don't know. We'll, we're just gonna see. But shall we progress? Uh, we shall. We shall. The struggles of, of the LA Kings has been of late. Um, before I guess we talk talk about it. Did you see the All Star jerseys? Disgusting. So ugly. I mean, I know it's a fan thing. Classic NHL. It, what do you mean it's a fan thing? It it's is a fan, a fan thing. thing. It's yeah. all about selling jerseys, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the devoted hockey fans. What about say, the? What about having a disgusting looking thing as a fan thing? Did they get kid, to design sorry. it? Did a five year old get to design let me, it? Let me actually, rephrase. actually, yes, arm. So I, a five year old got to design it. It's like the Bieber crew. It's some like it's some like mobbed up fashion thing that's part of the Bieber <laughs> thing in Toronto. That's actually what it is. It's Bieber like, did. Uh, I don't know was, what this Drew, I don't know what this yeah. Drew thing is, but like it's part of this whole thing. And you know what's scary to me, guys? It, it, it's it's kind of like you know the Dallas Matrix jerseys. Ooh, no. The Stars jerseys. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The like bright green and black yep, Degeneration yeah, yeah, X yeah, yeah. or yep, Matrix yep, 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 or whatever. Yep. You know those jerseys, like the glow in the dark Dallas Stars all. Oh yeah, yeah. The kids love them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we need to get a kid on the pod to to talk about <laughs> if if the, if a kid likes these jerseys. Jack, you got to source us one of your uh, one of your players. Yeah. can you pull your your team? Pull them. Pull them. Find out who. Can what, you just like next week's pod? We get a recap. Do I'll, they yeah, like them? We'll, we'll I'll, find I'll, out. I'll, all right. I'll, I'll send the text poll, and you, you get just it. From remind the kids. me. Yep, and uh, um, we'll get it done. But I, honestly, arm like I think the All Star jerseys are gross. Everybody I've talked to and listened to that is like an adult thinks they're gross. I, I think kids like them. I, I don't that, know why. But I, I find guess. out. They're ugly. There's no, deni- no debating. My it. solution to the All Star jerseys is really simple. It's fucking throwback. Like, the throwback All-Star jerseys are epic. Whether they're the red, mm-hmm. white, and blue ones or the old Campbell Conference, the black yep. and the orange, um, where it's like Campbell and Wales. You know, those are the old school divisions that have changed. Um, those are epic. Uh, how about – this is the jersey that I most want is a fucking Ray Bork or maybe a Cam Neely or an Adam Oates um, All-Star jersey. Do you remember the 90s jerseys when the East was teal and the West was purple? I like this, yeah. Oh, God, that's I a mean, tasty look. okay, to be fair to that – I bet a lot of people back then thought those were ugly. Yeah, hundred percent. No, no, it's got so. that kind of fashion cycle, right? Everybody loves the, the starter jumpsuits now, yep. and all the lame, like, kind of crazy old '90s stuff. Well, you, but you've but seen it starter back, jumpsuits yeah. were always cool, though. I mean, <laughs> come I mean, on, yeah, it's good look, good look in elementary school. Um, but yeah. that's all I had on the NHL All Star jerseys. So yeah, I just to, to take a, a pod poll, see what we're thoughts. Are. I think we're all nobody likes them. That but they're the, ugly. the scariest check in to me is every time you see a jersey decision that's gross, just. Think in the back of your head, like, that's probably what the kid's like. Yeah, it's fair. You it's know, fair. as somebody who tried to buy one of these new Kraken jerseys, everybody loved those. Those were selling fast. The Vegas ones that everyone thought were ugly were not selling fast. Okay. So, I like, I do think we can look at them and have some decent judgment on it. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, we may not know exactly what 10-year-olds like. No, we're <laughs> – we're going to launch a spin-off fashion Oh, we've pod. got Jersey Ross and Jersey Alex. It's, it's what it's been so far this year, and – or at least from uh, from Merchand- Merch- merchandising. Yep. All right, All right. Moving on to loose change. The always weekly re- recap of what's happened in the latest in the national. Um, I know Alex and Ross have a plenty. I've got 
notes basically from the Islanders uh, Predators game, which we'll get to from Saturday. But my week was a little bit tougher, so I, I'm going to let these two lead the charge. Army, I've got some just wild card bullets before like uh, their official game or team breakdowns. Let me just get these out of the way, and then you take over the the, the games that you watch because my yeah, games I just are just, have a couple. My games week, are scattered. So. Um, did we all see the Marchenko pool Q shootout? Yes, shootout sick. shot, nasty. This fucking move, this guy. I don't watch enough Marchenko. What, is he? Is he? Because because when I watched a couple Columbus games, my thought was he looks like like nine or eight out of ten Pasternak. That's a kind of good comparison. I would say eight, maybe yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, but he plays a similar game. And and but this specific shootout move, right? So he comes in and he's dangling, and as he goes forehand to backhand. Um, instead of fully going from right shooting position forehand to shooting position backhand, somewhere in the middle, he as as he's crossing his face, he just poke checks the puck from like right in front of him, five hole on the goalie, and it's just I, I've never seen it before, and it was fucking cool. It had been done by one of his teammates. I gotta find it. But okay. Yes, unbelievable it was pretty move. Freaking smooth. unbelievable. Pretty move. I think they're hopeful that 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 Fantilli uh, uh, Pairing could be the future for that that Columbus team. Marchenko. Marchenko, thank you. Well, I'm interested in what they think of him. So he's only 23, and he has KHL experience. Mm -hmm. So he's like three three years Super League. Yeah, but uh, I wonder what they think. I could actually see him potentially being like a piece that they move too early and him going to a good team and just being like kind of like Nichuskin, you know, didn't reach up to the full potential in Dallas. But you always saw that skill. I could see March. I don't know what they think of him, right? Yep. Um, but he's got elite skill. The other day, he, in, in his hat trick that he had. Is he, he had their a, all-star? Oh, no, Boone Jenner is. Yes. Boone Jenner, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry, but Marchenko had a between the legs with a guy on him, like as getting hit front of the net between the legs, roofed it. And the, and, you know, it's I, just I, it's tough skill to teach. And I, I bash on some of the, like, like you know, Zegris, like, aesthetic, like, I'm doing this cutesy-pootsy, blah, blah, blah. But when you do that high-skill play in a logical, real, like, puck battle, it's and, it it's, and it's, like, that that's the play that's there and you're good enough to do it. Like there's nothing cooler than that to yep. me. Like remember the Kachuk through the legs neutral zone pass that we yes. kept seeing to yes. Montreal? Like it's that kind of stuff. So all right. We and did this our- was worth it. Fourteen and ten in uh forty two games for twenty four points for uh for the forward. I just think if he goes to an LA team he could blow up. I, I Maybe LA about LA I think would be because the guy shoots. <laughs> the guy shoots at a crazy rate which is uh, and they're keeping but for limited. some reason a skill that players don't have that would league. probably cost you at minimum Kaliev and Spence. Fine, do it. They can afford that. That's but the thing. LA's got a deep well, ass prospect. Everybody pool. wants Clark though, and they, they he's, so he's not touched. He's not yeah, touched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Marchenko's not good enough to get. All right, all right. Moving on, moving on. Um. Oh my God, this Ottawa stat. Oh my God, special, special, special Ottawa stat. Ottawa has allowed thirty goals this season <laughs> within five minutes of them scoring a goal. <sighs> not surprised at all. It's, it's just it's like the like it's not shocking based on like what we've all experienced there, but it's just like that's how a good team loses. Like you just you, there's no vibe to them. It's a disaster. Next bullet. Anders Bjork is on the Rockford Chicago yep, AHL. He's been team. there for a few years. Just a reminder that no matter how bad the Blackhawks are, Anders Bjork can't make the fucking NHL roster. So all you Bruins fans that were yapping about Anders Bjork years ago, that's my <laughs> suck it moment. Sorry, boys, just had to get it out there. I think um, he has like ten. Ten NHL games, maybe. In Next the bullet, like we're years. crossing sports here on the NFL side. Uh, Tyler Higby had himself a leg injury yes. in this Rams game. Yeah, but fuck, does he get on one leg and hobble off to the sideline, <laughs> get his treatment, so we can all get on with our lives? Hey, 
Connor Bernard, he got right back up, skated straight to the bench, didn't have a stoppage of play. My big point here is let's all take a note from Tyler Higby. Hats off to Tyler Higby. And, uh, hey, Rams, good season, but, you know, you couldn't get it done against the Lions. That's a tall task. Yeah, respect to Higby. I do think if you have a torn ACL, you can stand down for a little bit. So I wouldn't recommend if you're a kid out there and you think you may have messed up your knee. It's it's okay to <laughs> seek treatment before messing it up a bit more, but uh, yeah, respect to Higby for getting off the field. It was nice to see. It was good toughness there. If your game's yeah. being telecast nationally, get off the fucking field. Sure, I, like again, if you think you have a torn ACL or a really bad knee injury, I, I, I don't blame it, you. Get it looked at. Yeah, you just know. a thought. Just a thought. All right, Army. Uh, what games did you watch? So I watched a, a good amount, but I like I don't have any specific game notes uh, from games, but I have a couple ones. Um, one is that the amount of tight angle goals I'm seeing this year is unbelievable. And we talk about there not being that many good goalies. Mm -hmm. I think they're fucked right now. Like, like, (laughs) let's literally make a note. Goalies are fucked. Um, (laughs) because like the, the angles players can score at now, it's just like, they don't have, they have to be anytime a player, a good player is in the zone. You have to be ready for any shot coming at you. Mm-hmm. Players are developing so fast. I mean, the different shooting angles, and this is where Ross, you mentioned this Instagram account earlier, but this account along the ice, I would recommend following because they break down all these new moves that shooters are doing, and just in general plays too. But uh, yeah, the tight angle goals are just and like Matthews is a weapon at it. You know, mm-hmm. Matthews is so good. Larkin has now mastered this Entered like the chat. Yep. Like he's got this goal where he's on the like on the end line. You're talking <laughs> about scores. the Flyers one or a different one? He has like five this year. Yeah. Like there's no angle and he just roofs it at the goalie's ear. Did you see the the uh, dry saddle? I think it was dry saddle last night on the backhand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backhand from nothing. The goalie stood up oh, thinking it's, it's going hi- behind no, it's the Hyman. Tight no angle. dry saddle. No, it was dry saddle. Well, Hyman. Had, I mean, the there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. To it's pick insane. From. No, I mean, but we it's talked so about common it. now. We talked about it, I think, last week or, or then, what it was, yeah, but that that was shooting shooting has kind of advanced um, its goaltending. And, you know, to make the comparison with uh, another sports comparison, it's it's the batters have caught up to pitching in the MLB. It's the same thing kind of here in the NHL, that the, the shooting is just that, that much more in, insane so and that much good. more talented. I hate to give a nod to our boy Jeff Merrick, but right, you, you, it's what technology and training. Yep. And it's been on the shooting side. But it's also a mentality. Like, I remember as a kid, like, those tight angle shots. A lot of coaches, it's like, yeah, get the puck on net. But it's also like, when you miss the net. It's free breakout. Free breakout. And it's right. like, it's kind of a thing that wasn't emphasized in past games, you know? It's the Joe Corvo special. But if you, now, you guys remember Joe Corvo. Oh yeah. Joe yeah. Corvo would he, he, he'd skate the puck end to end. You'd be like, oh, wow, who's this Corvo guy? Skates himself right into the corner, rips one high and wide, <laughs> uh, two on one the other way. Yeah. Out of position. Oh, my God, every time. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not a good shooter, don't take that shot because it's right. really hard to do, but there's so many good shooters. I saw a Matthews one where essentially they set it up, kind of similar to that, that Keller set up that the Oh, the quick, the were quick touch pass into the, yeah, to, t- towards the slot. It was just a setup on the bumper. But Matthew shoots below the circle. You know, that's where the setup is, too. They're setting up a shot that is at the tightest angle possible, and it's just like they're so good that becomes a high-percentage mm-hmm. shot from such a small angle. It's unbelievable. And we were talking – I just mentioned it. It was dry saddle last night in that uh, Edmonton-Toronto game, which was a great game. Um, I'll get to it. But uh, he just – he has the puck on his backhand, right? He's a lefty, I think. It's his backhand, so it's the right offensive right corner. I swear to God, the puck is like two inches from the goal line. He's outside the trapezoid, right? He's like fully in the corner. And he just backhands this. It wasn't banked off the goalie's head. It was just wire to wire inside the bar, like caught caught Martin Jones cheating a little bit. But he had about 
four inches to put it, and that's about like the what's a puck two and a half. I mean, it was it was just obscene. Um, and and also on on like dry side, like he lines up for one timers well below the circle. I mean, well it's below the com- dot. It's a thing yep. now. It's just opening because no, yeah, sorry, not below the dot, below the circle. Yeah, yeah, crazy no, below the circle. It's unbelievable. But that's that's what's needed to get space nowadays. You know, power. If you're going to sit on that half wall, you better have some good passes that can get you the puck. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, I got a uh, this is kind of a not a specific note, but we talked about Quinn Byfield really taking the next step. It's also cool to see like Drew Doughty. I was thinking about it. this guy's played with like so many Kings greats. Oh yeah, like he's, he's on his around. second he's renaissance of like Kings yes. contending again. Um, Shit, he might have been. He might have played with Rob Blake. And like I don't know who. Like he played. He probably played with some old king. He might have played with Rob Blake. I think he probably did actually. Like oh eight oh nine. Yeah. yeah. Like um, but what I think I think Byfield's gonna have like if he's if the Kings lock him up long term, Byfield's gonna play with like two generations of Kings. Like the the amount of cool players he's gonna play with, coming up with Kopitar. But then he's gonna get like whoever that next wave is for the Kings. He's gonna be there, and I think he's gonna be that Drew Doughty. You know, that's just the figurehead of like that team for so long. Um, so pretty exciting. One other, one other on Dowdy. Uh, this is another bullet I picked up from the broadcast. Leads the league in time on ice. Really? Been all this talk about Brock Faber and uh, credit to Brock Faber. I think Faber leads average game time. No, 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 no. I think I think Faber leads the league in games playing thirty plus minutes. Okay. And I believe Dowdy leads the league in time on ice. Yep. And it could be an aggregate stat versus an average, but again, we're splitting hairs here. Point yeah. is. Daddy's a workhorse. He still is, and I still love his game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last couple things I have. I have a couple notes on Edmonton, Toronto. Um, do you want me to wait for those? Or should yeah, I let's get to those later because I watched that game too. Well, uh, should I work my way down? Yeah, you work your way down, and then when we get there, I'll get my notes. <laughs> All right. Um, I got a little bit of Minnesota at Dallas, a little bit of a lopsided kind of matchup there with all the injuries in Minnesota and obviously their salary cap woes. Um, just – a weak, weak uh, third goal goes in that makes it uh, 3-0. Um, Brock Faber, I, I just, I've been on. I, I, do I get credit for being early on Brock Faber? Yeah. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about him last year in the playoffs. He's like a guy. Right, and I was kind of big on him entering the season, and he's totally lived up to it. He has a sequence. He goes all the way down the ice, joins the rush, hits a post. Then it comes all the way back and is a fucking cheap bad goal into his own net. And about, uh, Faber snaps his stick in the bench because he's so pissed. Brandon Carlo, uh, um, second way, kind of right there. No, that's not where I'm going. That's just possible. No, I'm just saying in terms of a similar situation is what you're talking about. That's all. Never mind. Continue. Yeah, I'm lost. Um, so that was just a little bit of a Brock Faber anecdote. Also, um, just on Brock Faber quickly. Sure, sure. The guy, like, I, I, when he was coming out of Minnesota, everyone was like, this is probably a good second-pairing defenseman. He's now running the power play. Mm-hmm. He's putting up offensive numbers. I like. I don't think there was. I know you were high on him, Ross, but I don't know if anyone thought this guy was going to be a number one defenseman. Two hundred foot power play one defenseman. Right now, it probably goes McAvoy, Dowdy, Faber. I know, and I, I, I think in terms of ceiling of him as a prospect, nobody even thought he'd be close to that. Yeah, the guy's already averaging 24, <laughs> 24 totally. minutes. I mean, a it's game. unbelievable. Totally, totally. Um, so that game, right, 3-0 Dallas. It becomes 3-1 to one on a Joel Erickson-Eck reverse check that drops uh, Essa Lindell. And so two things on this, right? So here's the sequence. Uh, reverse check from J.E. drops Lindell, um, and that 
provides all the space and creates the breakdown, gets it to the point Faber, he shoots it off of Boldy's ass and in. Lindell's got to be tougher on that. And, and my, my thing with Dallas, and I've been talking about them, and that, again, I, nobody was a bigger Dallas guy than me last year, and I'm, the window's closed. And one of the reasons, I think, is because Essa Lindell, who is this awesome, stay-at-home, big, physical, smart, skilled enough, can manage the puck, um, but he's really a stay-at-home guy, good size, good toughness, et cetera, I think Dallas is a little soft. I think Lindell's well, part of the problem. Well, I actually have had this change of opinion because I think we've all talked highly of Lindell in the past because he's got kind of this like whole steady game, does a lot of things well, right? Mm -hmm. My opinion has kind of changed to like he does a lot of things. Not many of them are that good. Um, You know, he's not physical. His defensive game is solid. See, I thought he was so much more physical earlier in his career. I know, but like he's not an offensive contributor. Nope. His defensive game's not shut down. And it's not physical. So I think it can be, but it hasn't been. I know, but like I, I'm kind of getting the other side of a well-rounded player where it's nothing's that good. Jack of all yeah. trades, master of none. Yeah. I'm and okay. it's like it's a very fine line. Like when he's playing well, he's probably on the other side of that spectrum. Jack of all trades. Yep. Now he's on like the no trades. Um, you know. No, but. no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Totally valid. Just another quick, just another nifty Matt Duchesne moment. He pulled He's like a so he pulled like a deke around uh, Marcus Johansson, and he like he like as he made the deke, he literally took his hand and like swim moved past him. It was just it, it was just one little moment that jumped off the screen. But Duchesne and Sagan driving that second line, that is the hope. That is the hope for Dallas. Yep. That line excels, right? That is that is what they can do. And um, Duchesne continues to impress in a Dallas jersey, and what he and Sagan are doing, who are two, frankly. Kind of similar players. I think Sagan's built himself up as a little mm. more kind of physically imposing, but their chemistry right now is pretty through the roof and uh, something to keep an eye on. Stay I'm healthy. also, I've watched Dallas probably three or four times now. I think Deshane's been their best forward this year. I mean, I'm going to lean on Hints and Robertson just because they're so elite, but. Uh, when I watch, Deshane is the biggest play driver on that team. I, I, I think that's fair. I hear I am stumbling on my words, but I, I like it. It's a steamer because obviously Hints and, and but Robertson. But Robertson hasn't had the same point production. Totally true. Hints is obviously like super dynamic, but I don't think he has the same offensive instincts, which, you know, Duchesne's a pretty seasoned vet. You know, you kind of expect mm-hmm. him to be able to do that more. Crafty. Duchesne just seems to be able to get pucks in the right areas, create scoring chances at the highest rate right now. And I don't know if there's any numbers to back that up. That's just what I see. No, but I want to almost recuse on the team. I, w- I want to recuse myself from the case, partly because I recognize I've got a bias because hints his playoff performance last year. Right. Uh, it's just stuck in my head. It was yep. so dominant. It's awesome, yeah. So, um, and he's still I, that player. It's no, not, it's, no, no, no. It's not a knock on hints, but yeah. I, I get your point, I, and I think that's valid. Who's the name? Uh, who's that hotshot rookie goalie for Minnesota? Wallstead. Wallstead gave up seven after that. Yeah, was, the, the, my last bullet there's rough debut for the Rook. <laughs> that was literally right after. Uh, no, that was the game I was just talking about. That was Dallas. Maybe. I know it was yeah. right after the pod too. Yeah. Came right on, gives up seven. Hey, I watched yikes. it. It was, and, and there were a couple softies too. Hey, um, MAF passed uh, passed uh, Wa for the second most uh, wins in NHL history. Mark Andre Fleury passed Patrick Wa for those listening. Um, okay, uh, moving on. Wednesday night after the pod, uh, Vegas at Colorado. Another game circled, right? Two big boys. Um, obviously, pre-Eichel injury, all of that. I thought Petrangelo was the best player in the first period, uh, best player on the ice, and a little bit of a reminder of what he brings to the table, how valuable he is. But for fuck's sake, did this whole team just die off after that first period? It was all Colorado after that. 
Um, one bullet I have here, which this is interesting to me, especially as we look at like Vegas moving forward. And this is my, 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 my note is that third pairing in Vegas was such, in my opinion, such a key to their Stanley Cup run. White Cloud and um, it's White Cloud and Hake. Yep. They're both big. White Cloud, I think, a little bit more offensive, a little more fleet of foot, but they've got a very complementary skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, left shot, right shot, good chemistry. They were so rock solid and beyond all playoffs. And my bullet here is, have we seen the ceiling for them? In other words, did they get the best play out of that back pairing that they can ever expect last postseason? And is it realistic for them to expect the same kind of performance? Because those are two young guys with plenty more, um, you know, plenty more, uh, you know, hockey in the tank. I don't know, but to me, when I saw that, I'm trying to wrap my head around Vegas' struggles and oh, what hasn't looked good. And you know, that pairing was a little, was, was a little troubling. It's potentially the, the the cup hangover has finally hit, and it's you know it's taken all the way till December, January for for the for the mileage to build up, and, and they're struggling. And obviously, with uh, with Eichel hitting the shelf now, I know that he was he was in this one, but um, you know maybe you're just seeing kind of Vegas stutter for the first time we've really seen in a long time, and. As you've talked about with the Kings and needing a little bit of reality, maybe this is a little bit of a reality check that the Golden Knights need, as we've talked about, probably is the most depth team in the league coming into this year. And Well, that's the other thing, Jack, is they made the big move last year to get Barbashev, yep. and now they're pretty much running it right back, right? They've mm-hmm. lost Riley Smith, but that's yep. really it. I don't think they make really many moves at the deadline. They might get a depth piece here, a depth piece there. Obviously, we need to see what happens with Eichel, yep. but I don't think they're going to be big buyers, and so... That's something to keep an eye on, uh, you know, as as we approach that time of year. It's just a major bet. Yeah. The, the rest of my game notes here, unless you got something on that army. No, I think Vegas just gets the benefit of the doubt for now. Till further uh, notice. No, no know, I think that's the they right. look human again. Yeah. Um, Long season, it happens. Where um, are you in the week? Day of the week? Or are you just bouncing around? No, I'm I'm going chronologically. This is still Wednesday night. So okay. Okay. let me just pick up the pace. No, Two, all good. Well, big Val. Two, I mean, two power play goals. He drew the first penalty and then scores one in front. Basically, does the same thing on the ensuing power play. And Colorado basically just ran away with things. Mm-hmm. My only other note was fucking Petrangelo at the end of the second period. Um, at the end of the second period, there's like a line change situation, and Petrangelo has time, space. There's like eight or twelve seconds left in the period, and he sees his teammate at the far blue line. He's like, "Oh man, we have a chance to score some offense." And instead of like ripping a pass up to him, he kind of floats one a little bit softer. And fucking Nate Dog comes out of center field, intercepts his pass, comes flying in on a breakaway with like, as the period's ending, big save bailout. But it was like one of the worst turnovers you'll see. Yeah. Um. That I mean that could cost you a game. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean in in Colorado ran away with it, and Vegas wasn't good the rest of that game. Um. Moving on to Thursday night, this is Rusty's augmented Stanley Cup pick. <laughs> L.A. Kings at Florida Panthers. Panthers look good. Um, so I was really engaged for this one. Um, really excited to watch these two teams. Um, the 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 top two lines, one and two in uh, five on five plus minus. So that's to say the um, that that is the Kopitar, Byfield, and Kempe with uh, Barkov, Rodriguez, and Reinhardt. Um, those two teams are the, uh, the those two lines are the top five on five plus minus lines in the league. Uh, yeah. That was interesting to me, um, and we also didn't cover Barkov's out of the lineup tonight. Yep, mm-hmm. maybe it's maintenance. Lower you think? body, they said probably yeah. just 
precautionary. Working through things, but um, that's been so dominant. You know, I just want to spend a second on Rodriguez because I got text threads. And we always talk about him, and a lot of my friends are like, "Dude, Rodriguez sucks! Like, how does he pull this off? He 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 gets to play with Crosby, and now he, and then he gets to play with Nate, and now he gets to play with Barkov. Like, what is this? Like, he's not that good. And like, my point is, he's not that good, but he knows how to play with high skill guys. Right. He's a good he, he's. He's 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 a glue guy with elite players, which that's just a nice way to carve your like carve carve a role out for yourself in the NHL. Do you guys remember Teddy Purcell? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's that Teddy Purcell role where you're you can't drive a line, but you can keep up with the top end players. Yeah. That those are really important roles for balancing a lineup. Yep. Well, it's a proven spot in like a lot of NHL teams have these guys. Like in, throughout like best teams in history, a lot of them have it. Like remember like those those uh, Penguins years, Kunitz. Oh yeah. And Kunitz may be a little bit better, but similar type guy, you know, like just knows how to play that role. And Brian it's like, Rust? Yeah, Brian Rust, similar vibe, you know. And honestly, sometimes they're better than some of the like the elite players. Well, some people are, oh, you know what? I guess it's probably a topic for next week, Gensel trade rumors. Um, and maybe a debate that Gensel's one of those guys instead of a line driver. Interesting, interesting. To, be, to know. I mean, to he's be only played with an elite center week. his whole career. Could be something like a debate club later. Okay. Um, anywho. Um <laughs> Other big notes here. Uh, in that game, Bob was awesome. Awesome early. L.A. was really pressuring, shooting the puck well, mm-hmm. high danger chances, producing offense, but Bob was making great saves. Um, OEL, right, wearing that 91 for Florida. He's playing a chippier brand of hockey than I ever thought I'd see. We talk, Well, we were watching a game on the pod. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but OEL went after somebody. I mean, it was like 10 straight cross checks, and I was like, I have not seen that. Uh, I don't know if I just haven't been watching enough, but I was like, that is mentality there. What's in the water in Sunrise, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Probably contagious. pesticides. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that Everglades flow is just it's just going. Um, but yeah, OEL gets a gets a stick tap from Rusty for that. Um, I didn't know. Do you know Reinhardt? Um, Re- you know Reinhardt had the two brothers that were high picks that didn't pan out, right? Yeah. Do you know their dad was was an NHL defenseman who was an All Star in '85 and '89? Yeah. And like he had a sick career apparently and it just got like he had a horrible injury back when surgery technology was just right. bad and it just ended it. Um but that was interesting to me that Reinhardt's dad was pretty elite. Reinhardt leading the challenge shooting percentage. I need to pass it to our shooting percentage expert, Alex the Arm Dog Armor. What do you th- what do you make of Reinhardt's high shooting percentage? Do you expect it to maintain the rest of the season or to level off? Uh so he's a very good shooter. Like in fact, like a pretty elite shooter. Uh it's at 28% right now. I think that would probably be close to an all-time record for how many goals he scored. You know, if he puts up 50 at a 28% shooting percentage, that's that's rarefied error, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for context, like 15 is about average for like a top six forward. Yeah, He's had seasons of 19 and 17. So like, that's what you're looking at. But career-wise, he's a 15% shooter. And I believe he's he's playing. Oh, he's totally, only, but that's like he's also is like, playing for a ticket. He's a UFA at the year. But also yeah. look at look at his shots and tell me like he shouldn't have a high shooting percentage. He's yeah. getting good chances and he's right. burying. So well, like, he's he's officially become the biggest ticket of the free agent market since uh, Nylander signed. And what what I'll say also on Reinhardt, this is outside of his shooting percentage, is you know I was never really high on the player when he came over from Buffalo because yep. I saw him on all these Buffalo teams. I felt like more of the same out of Buffalo prospect, right? See the high talent, but he can't really put it together. You don't see it with the Mm-hmm. Mates chemistry. You don't see the hard work. You don't see the grit. Now he's playing for one of the grittiest, hard, hardest working teams in the league. 
league, smart down low, high skill, high effort guys, and he's totally bringing it. He's playing 200 feet. Yep. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's he's officially a winger. He's not going to be a center like yeah. a lot of people thought he might have been. Um, and I've just been really impressed with this all around game. And I think you know the high shooting percentage and was he thirty one goals on the year? I mean, that's two. That's crazy. Um, but I, I've been just impressed with him and, and yep. the, the like, just the strength of Florida there up top. Those two mm-hmm. lines. Yeah, Kuch- also- Kuchuk and Bennett is line two, right? Kachuk Bennett for Hagee, like that's line two. Come on. Yeah. And I'll also say this about Reinhardt, big change in at least his numbers from Buffalo, shooting the puck more. And I think shooting the puck more can help you just score more. You know, it's a mentality, it's decisiveness about, like, I'm going to get my shots. I think that – I know for, like, me when I'm playing, personally, like, when I'm trying to shoot more, like, they end up being stronger shots. You know, they don't they, – I don't just, like, find myself in a chance to, like, right. shoot. You know, not saying I'm an NHL mentality, but, like – No, 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 but your point, your, your, but your, like, your point is if you're in a shoot-first-mentality and sort of the confidence to be ready to shoot, you find yourself more ready to shoot when it is time to shoot, right? Exactly. There's, you eliminate the hesitation with the confidence. Exactly. Oh, and you're not look, thinking about it. You know it's coming, and you know you're going to shoot that. Looking thing. at the stats. I'm you know, keeping track of Army shoot. He's already at so. his third year in a row with 16 power play goals, <laughs> and we're already at the 43-game mark. So it's yeah. just been – it's been – everything is going right for Sam Reinhart. Um, and it's been impressive, and you know I think that's the way he was able to win it with point seven on the clock, and that one is just continues the historic it was an unbelievable season. finish too. Yep, he, it's just, it's he going, must have known there was one or two seconds still drew to the backhand. Awesome, <sighs> filthy, filthy, um, and th- that's just another classic close loss for LA. Yep. Um, just quick termite update. Lomberg extremely active in this game. Uh, he <laughs> He's already had, got a penalty tonight. He had a couple of runarounds with our boy England that were just like it felt like it felt like the lid on the game was about to pop off, but didn't. But uh, you could feel it. Also, I'll just say not to rag on the Sens again, but Lomberg in the box tonight with Kachuk. They're laughing about it. You know, they're not salty. They're coming off a heated exchange, but they're laughing about yep. the like them both getting into it. Right. Right difference brady and the boys would be screaming at the refs doing some <laughs> bitching you know completely completely vibes, different yeah. way to go about that it's a, it's a different i mean but think about the vibes around those teams right ottawa it's I just think it's it all explains frustration yeah and in florida it's all you know hey we've been there we've done it we're feeling it we're vibing it sometimes we go to the sometimes we fuck around and find out and we're sitting in the box here but it's all good and my prediction for jokes between those two is either wow can't believe between all our penalty minutes it's our first time in the box together or Nice to see you in the box again. I don't know how often they've been in the box together, but... <laughs> yeah, their ice time doesn't overlap that much. But anyway, um, weird line change probably. Um, there was a weird goal in that game. Like, uh, Fiala chucks it into the mixer, and there's like this, like a very rare moment in the NHL. Like, the puck is lost in front of the net, and nobody can find it. Like, goalie's on the wrong side of the puck. All the players are looking around, and it's like... It's like the, Who's got it? Where is it? Well, it's like the southernmost defenseman was looking north, and the puck was like right between his legs. Uh-oh. Trevor Moore comes out of nowhere and just dragged it out, put it in the empty net. That was interesting because you don't see that often. Yeah. Uh, fourth line right now in L.A. is Kaliev, Laferriere, and, and PLD. Um, and PLD, let's see, gets some dumb call against for scrumming in the final 236 of P1. Just more bullshit with him. We don't need to keep going on it. Um, just so I've just, actually got Grunderstrom, Lewis, and Kaliev as their fourth line. Grunstrom. I call him, I call him Grindstrom. That, that just may have changed from day to day. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, Can't they're, imagine they're that line's playing too much more minutes, though. <laughs> Oh, but the line change may have been a different yeah. day. Yeah. Well, that, that's the other thing, too, about LA's like, roster construction is like they need – in, in um, 
you know, they they need a third line. And Pierre Luc Dubois is supposed to be able to provide that. Well, he was supposed to be a second he was supposed to be the, Yeah, Deneau is so then really. Deneau, and Deneau really fits third line better. Yep. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right. We've done enough of that. But um, <laughs> th- that is that is that is a piece. Um, my other point here is just Barkov jaw dropping. Just he had a few just dominant shifts, awesome. and it's just awesome. This is a high compete contest, man. Mm-hmm. Like like these guys were playing really hard, and it was great. Um, six on five, empty net. Panthers doing Panthers things. You know, Kachuk line. Kachuk tips in a Verhage shot. Just gross. Just it was just such a good tip in, and it's just it's the Panthers, right? The six on five Panthers attack, desperation yep. hockey. That's playoff hockey, and nobody's done it better with a group than they have. They just haven't because mm-hmm. like Vegas, like their winning style all postseason to the Cup was control the game, score first, like just yep. just war of attrition, wear them out. Um, whereas the Panthers were just so helter skelter. The the more chips that are on the table, the better they played, and uh, you still see that identity with them, and it's scary. Uh, it's a team to watch. Um, did you guys hear the line from Paul Maurice about Kachuk? Uh, basically, like people were talking about how his offensive production was down, and Maurice was like, you know, but he's playing great, and we love how he's playing. And one of these days, he's going to get hot, and everyone's going to say, "Where'd that come from?" And I'm going to say, "I told like a you month so." Ago? He's hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we talked about his five percent shooting percentage too. No, you're Tom. You're all over it. Um. So so that is that is ramping up. Um. Up to seven point five. It's getting there. Yeah, yeah. he's a fifteen percent shooter. I mean, that's the thing. Like, right. Also, these things like he could easily score ten of his next twenty shots, and then all of a sudden the shooting percentage is way different. You know. And I, I'm being redundant here, but this is, we we got to the PLD and the the Queens topic early, but there's one sequence, right? PLD is all right. Pierre Luc Dubois tied up with Montour. I know. Sorry, just bear with me. He's okay. tied up with Montour, and it's three on three overtime, right? So, like, the puck breaks out. He's tied up with Montour, and Montour gets to the puck quicker, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is kind of lollygagging. Looks like Montour is going to have a breakaway, but it's a quick whistle, and he gets bailed out from that. Literally, very next play, uh, somebody on Florida is caught sleeping, good seam pass, and Pierre-Luc Dubois comes in on a breakaway, hits a post. So it's just like you keep seeing what he can do, and it's just it just builds on the frustration. We've already – It's not happening. We've already you think, done that. You think if he saw what he can do or feels what he does when he moves – He'd want to do that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But he no. doesn't. Money motivated, in now, my opinion. My last bullet on this. Um, actually, I have two more bullets. The, the second, penultimate bullet. Either you guys ever play lacrosse? Yep. No. Okay. So lacrosse, you cannot push someone from behind on a loose Correct. ball. So um, as a, you can imagine the kind of lacrosse player I was. It's the same as beer league defenseman. Um, <laughs> so like when there was a loose ball, like I wanted to push somebody around and let somebody else go get it. When I knew I had to go get a loose ball and somebody was chasing me, I wasn't going to try to scoop the ball and beat them because if I scoop the ball, they're going to check my stick and it's going to be another ground ball. Mm -hmm. So I would run right over to the ball and I would put my ass out. I would straddle the ball. And as soon as they contacted me, I'd flop right on my belly. And draw the penalty. And you draw the possession and then all of a sudden you won the ground ball. So it sounds like you're a new age NHL player. (laughs) A Zegras. A Zegras on the lacrosse field. A Gudis on the lacrosse field. That is not a Gudis play. It is if the rules were that way. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Interesting. Agreed. Anyway, Montour executed the rusty lacrosse ground ball dive. And that's what led to the power play where ultimately Reinhardt scored the game winner late. So just a not a shout out, but a uh, you know refs got punked by Montour, and that's how the. Are you praising Montour for this? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying. Okay. I, call a spade a spade. It takes one to know one. Like I, 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 I know exactly what he did, and he did it. And uh, 
Right. He scammed the ref, and they got the win with .7 seconds remaining. Reinhardt postgame. He's doing the interview postgame in the shitty arena they have that's empty with, you know, fucking blue hair olds uh, hanging around as fans, you know, waiting to get their next diabetes prick. Um, stay awake. And Reinhardt's, Reinhardt's being interviewed <laughs> after the game. And I swear to God, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's being sarcastic, but nobody could really pick up on it. Every question they asked Reinhardt, he kept saying, he kept, every single question, you know, what's it like for you to be having the season your season, the, have, having the season you're having, and, you know, to be able to score a big goal here at home? Oh, man, it's just anything we can do in front of these unbelievable fans is just outstanding. Next question. This team's really starting to find its uh, really starting to find its legs. You guys are really starting to make a push. What does it feel like in that locker room? You know, anytime we can come in front of these fans, it's a special day. And he just he kept talking about the fans, the fans, the fans. I swear to God he was trolling. And I, I, I almost guarantee, like, he got back to the room and all the guys just started laughing because their home arena is such a snoozer in the regular season. Yeah. That was all. It, it, felt, it felt really, really obvious. I don't know. That's just me. Okay. Florida. <laughs> All right. Toronto at New York Islanders. Um, Austin Matthews takes a penalty first shift power play goal Islanders. Matthews, Matthews, Matthews. Um, sloppy Islanders D zone. You guys, have you noticed this Bobby Mc, McMahon playing for the Leafs right now? McCann. No. McCann. It's not McMahon. I, I might have mistyped it. McCann. Whatever it is. He gets, oh, he makes a one-timer. He's wearing number 74 for them. Mm-hmm. Sloppy Islander play. He gets a one-timer, and I swear to God, all I could see was the four in his jersey. I thought it was Austin Matthews. <laughs> and it's this AHL plug, like 28-year-old, <laughs> career, always hungry league guy. It's just like a reminder that, like, these guys, um, these guys, like the skill, it's just, and yep. this guy's like a bottom-of-the-barrel skill guy, and he just mm-hmm. pulls that play. You didn't see that five, six, seven years ago. You just didn't. No. No, it's changed. Um. Overtime game-winning goal for Barzal. Unbelievable apple from Dobson. Um, but uh, it was a face-off play. And your boy, Jake McCabe, right off the face-off in the D zone, completely out to lunch. He just, like, they, they snapped it back. It was McCabe and Barzal who were opposite each other on the face-off dot on the wall in the corner. Right. Right? And the draw is one back, and Barzal immediately cuts uh, cuts for the far post. And McCabe has like a split second moment hesitation. Now he's lost in the foot race, snapped it right back to Dobson. Dobson feeds Barzal in the far post for the tap in. It was kind of tough. And I've, I've seen a lot of touch and go from McCabe. He checks out every once in a while. That's why he was in Buffalo for so long. I mean, you got it's, it's not effort with McCabe, it's just sometimes he mentally lapses. Loses track. Yep. Yeah, yep. lapses. That's it. That's it. Um, Shocking but- to see the Islanders put up four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Islanders have been a sneaky team all year. They're going to be a real story in the playoffs. They're they're oh, they're, they're, they're sniffing around. You say that. I watch. I mean, I was in, like I said, talked about it on Saturday. Or Bridgestone review. I mean, I yeah. Jump into that Nashville. Uh, they got the first goal in this one. It was. Why don't a, you uh, jump into that little Nashville game? Uh, yeah, I will. I will. You've been talking about. You've been working on. <laughs> uh, Pago scores the one goal for for. Uh, Come on, JG Pajot. Pajot scores the one goal for for the Islanders in the second after. Uh, no, sorry, the third after a very boring first two periods. It was, I mean, I think the shots were like 13 to 10 after the Islanders second. Islanders hockey, baby. And it was a snooze fest in Nashville on a Islander Saturday Islander hockey. Uh, but it, it, finally the Islanders were able to get one after a tip from uh, Peugeot. And then things kind of started to open up. Uh, Luke Evangelista scores the game winner for the uh, 
for the Preds, but it, you know, I think I, I was surprised to see Luke Shen was was better than what we I think we've seen from him this season. He was throwing the body around and he was a little bit more reliable. Um, the Islanders, it's or the Adam Oates shout out for Luke Shen's career yep. renaissance. Oh yeah, uh, the, the Shenaissance. The Predators themselves, you know, Forsberg, he's a stud. The Shenaissance. You, know, you don't watch. You get scratched um, like every game. <laughs> <laughs> but Philip Philip Forsberg he's demanding a trade too. <laughs> Gosh darn it, let me focus. The Shenazons. Um <laughs> You done? The Shenazons is awful. I mean, it's... Go, Jack. Philip Forsberg. This guy is, he. you know, I know he gets his media attention, but the guy is a stud. You know, he is he is such an, an important role for this Preds team, and... And he's tough, you know, for his size. He is he's very hard to move, and he's a physical forward, and it brings a lot to the Nashville side. Um, Nyquist was quiet in this one. O'Reilly was quiet in this one. Uh, do who else? Oh, Tomasino. Kind of loved what I saw from, uh, good. I from Tomasino. A little spark plug moves yep. his feet, right? Yep, 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 yep. Brought a brought a nice little uh, spark to that lineup, and was was fairly impressed. He did have an apple on this one. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Didn't notice anything from Fabro. Uh, Yossi was better than I think we've seen from him this season. He was he was active. He got his shots going and, and was uh, was a pleasant surprise. Saros, it was good to see Saros put in a good performance. He did only face 25 shots, stopped 24 of them. Um, Sorokin is legit, as we all know. Uh, but, yeah, Evangelista, impressive goal to finish it. I think it was a shot from the right side of the You got, a, the you got Evangelista's season stats up? Let's see... Cause he was he nine and twelve for twenty one twenty one all right for a second rounder but I don't think he's in a scoring role I think they'd let that top line go scoring and everyone else is kind of but he was one of he was one of those kids on the sell it all Nashville team last year that was part of that run Mm -hmm. John Hines and he's got some juice to his game he does he does you know for a guy who's playing with uh, Cole Smith and Tommy Novak on that third line it's it's, Novak's pretty it's kind of a fun line yeah. Young talent, young. That's the future of the Preds. There, there it is. It, no, it absolutely is, and that's what I think was kind of of uh, nice to see from the Preds is we haven't watched a ton of them. Is yeah, that I, I owe the Preds a watch. The, the future is coming, and it's not going to be where one of those rebuilds that they they kind of lull out. I think the Preds will stay consistent and stay um, competitive in the Central Division as under the, GM Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz, you know, it was it was impressive stuff, and you know, this is a team that's in that dogfight of uh, fighting for a wild card spot in the in the. The Western, and I think it's a team that will fight throughout the whole rest of the regular season because it's a tough, tough bunch in, uh, in a surprising role. And then, you know, the Islanders, Islanders hockey, boring as always. Barzell <laughs> was, you know, he had his shots, but minus two on this one. Cal had the assist on the uh, on the lone goal. And uh, what else? Dobson was okay. Mayfield, is, um, oh my God, Mayfield. didn't notice, didn't notice Romanov too much, but. Again, like I said, Sorokin was good, uh, but interesting, interesting Saturday night hockey in Nashville. No, I love it. It's good to get the report live, you know, live in the barn. Um, just the the kind of next game I had there was the Boston uh, Las Vegas game. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting spot for both teams. I think Vegas is coming off of a tough stretch there. Something like seven out of eight games they failed to get two points, or you know, they, they, Sammy Reinhardt adds to the. <laughs> of course, they've, they, they've had their trouble. Yeah, as Reinhardt scores in the background. Um, Boston coming off of three out of four uh, losses, right? So they only got something like I think they got four points out of their last eight games. Um, eh. Something like that. Or two points mm-hmm. out of the last four games. Whatever. A struggle for them. They're regular season stunts. Um, but it was an interesting spot for both teams because, you know, you have two of the teams that are favorites playing against each other when they're both kind of in the doldrums. So I thought it was a good one, um, especially knowing how bad Vegas was the night before versus Colorado coming off of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. How's this tidbit? 
San Jose Sharks have been shut out six times this season. The Vegas Golden Knights have been shut out, shut out five times this season. Wow. Surprising. Yeah, that is surprising. Yeah. Very actually. Are you not entertained? No, that's six shutouts is a lot. Yeah. So five. Vegas was shut out five times. So yeah, yeah that is surprising. Um and Boston Wright coming out of back to back overtime shootout losses. Um three out of four L's, four out of eight points. All right, I had that right. Um oh my goodness, did Pasternak take uh Petro's jock in one dangle. It was obscene. It like he fell down. He like blew his ankle. He he just toe dragged right around him. Petrangelo like pivoted the wrong way and just fell down. Yep. Um, didn't get the finish, but it was shocking. And freaking Pasternak just continues. Um, Still accurate on the chugs. I'm a dash two or three, but we'll have a night at the Stanley Club later. Um, Morgan Geeky, Trent Frederick, and Jonathan James Van Riemsdyk all standing around in front of the net um, for a Chandler Stevenson from March or so. Beautiful opportunity robbed by Swayman, who is out of, out of his mind right now. Uh, well earned all star all star berth for for Jeremy Swayman. See Swayman's comments, a little bit of a dig towards the front office. Yeah, do you want to cover that? To me, it's a little bit of a non story, but I don't want to bury the lead. Swayman Swayman's comments were basically going back to his arbitration in the off season. It's a tough, tough after off season. after hearing after hearing things that no player should have to hear. It's pretty special to be in this spot, is what he said. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, Jack and Armor. I think you got to keep the guy happy is my only thought, but we'll see what happens this offseason, and he's deserving of a of a ticket. Yeah, it's kind of a weird comment, but I don't know. I don't have too much. I don't have too much there, really. So we talked about the Boston goaltending last week, and I mentioned Swayman's a little bit of a different cat, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of a wild card between Chalking the years. Chalking this one in that, that hat? Well... He's just he's he's a bit of a psycho like like and I like that I like that I think it's part of his kind of competitive juice and part of his fire and all of those things arbitration happens it's been around for a long time mm-hmm. um, and the bottom line to me like the reason I don't think it's a story is because you know what helps call that bad feeling he has a huge bag of money yep um, which is what the Bruins need to give him when they trade Olmark which I don't think they're ever going to do. Um, so Olmark's got one more year after this year, and Swayman's 25, Olmark's 30. So they need to lock up Swayman on a long-term deal. That, that's just what they need to do. And they need to get rid of Olmark somehow, some way. But that'll probably be an off-season topic. Um, I don't know. I'm just – I'm kind of riffing here. I've got way too detailed notes. i gotta, I got to cut these down. But uh, I don't know what to tell you, but I got Trent Frederick equals Nicholas Waugh. Okay. Okay. Identical players. Interesting. Just, I haven't seen enough of Nicholas sure. Waugh to say that, but I'm fine with the comparison. I'm just throwing it out there. Kind of big, tough uh, possession players that are best served as a third line role. Freddie's been pretty good playing center. Mm-hmm. Um, he can be wing. He can move around. But and Nicholas Waugh had a great postseason. He's great in the dot. So that might be the big difference there. But I also think Freddie's a little bit. He's got a bigger bag of knuckles. But I don't know. I just saw that, and it was pretty obvious to me watching them. It was sure. felt like clones. I like it. Get to see them line up against each other, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the matchup was cool. Um, JVR got called on a brutal trip. It was just a bag called diving on Barbashev, which just chaps my ass. He, like, or he just, like, he caught an edge. JVR's stick, like, like nicked his, like, knee. And it wasn't, like, his, like, it wasn't his blade around the knee. One of those just, that you kind of just pulled feel. pulled a montour, yeah. You know, you talked about your lacrosse play. Pulled a rusty. You know? um, it was just bullshit. Uh, Swayman bails everyone out uh, after Marchessault or so gets a beautiful power play rush opportunity. Again, just like the, this helter, the Bruins rely so much on goaltending. It's pretty crazy. 
Um, Bruins are the only team in the NHL that are top five in PK and power play. It's a tidbit. We talked about special teams. Good way to win. That works. Uh, high pace first period. Good game. Eichel. So here's the thing about Eichel, and we, we talked about his injury, but his skate blade fell out. Uh, like a shift before that play from Grizzly. Interesting. His skate blade fell out of the boot. Um, and so, you know, it's that kind of clownish move where you get up yep. to stand on it and it's gone and it's almost like skating, like stepping on the ice with a skate guard, right? Um, but that was kind of a weird play. And then he got his edge fixed. And then, like, the next shift he took that, that hit happened, and got hurt. Right. So these new, these new skates have the pop-out blade. Yes, and you're seeing it a lot more. Oh, a hell of a lot more. And that's a dangerous oh, yeah. piece of, like, th- those are daggers sitting on the ice. Uh, just an interesting topic. I don't know if we want to get all the way into it. I'm running long here on my notes, but you know, like the the new blades. I, I, I especially the NHL level. It's like I, I, I kind of get it um, at other level, like where I guess you don't want to take the whole boot off. You don't want to unscrew the toque and put in a new mm-hmm. toque. And um, I think it, the the new skates are really designed for the pros, where they can just yes. have the equipment staff yes. with fresh I mean, edges. Each pro has, I think, three or four sets of blades that they have access to mm-hmm. on the bench. Mm-hmm. But that to me is a weird little. I don't know. It's just. A, it's just. It's, it's surprising. It, you're seeing a lot more. It, it, of it. Oh, it's a piece of spl- uh, piece of steel that is as sharp as anything. So yes, it's a scary. It's a scary little thought. So Eichel leaves with the lower body. We know he came back, but then was hurt later. And mm-hmm. Mark Stone takes a shot off the thumb and goes down the tunnel, and it's just like whoa. Yeah, that's not good. All of a sudden, things got real scary. Um, but I, I believe Stone is okay. Um, but that is another again. It, it's a reminder of how fragile the depth of the. Of the Knights well, is right now. Team. We're ignoring the fact that Shea Theodore's hurt, William Carlson's hurt, yep. you know, Carrier's hurt, uh, Ben Hutton's hurt. So they, they, they are facing their share of injuries as well. Yep. Nope. Uh, totally valid. Both those guys came back later in the third. Uh, bogus hooking call makes the penalties 4-1, to one, right? So Vegas has four power plays to Boston's one. That was surprising. They get a make-up interference call one minute in. Um and then a trip on Heinen, which is just more bad refereeing. I don't need to go crazy. We talked about the Eichel tip in. Oh, my God. Fucking Lindholm. <laughs> Whatever. It's not a Bruins pod. But there have been, like, I swear to God, six six goals this year um, where um, it's not Elias Lindholm. It's Hampus Lindholm. Bruins defender at Hampus Lindholm, right? You, everybody thinks he's good. He's good. He's good. Six and a half million dollar defenseman. He's good. Doesn't have the rusty certified stamp. He just like he's sta- he's so stable and sturdy in front of the net, and he's definitely strong on his skates, and he does push guys around. But I've just seen this play five or six times this year where he's standing in front of the net, and he just he, he, he's so good with his stick and kind of blocking a lane and, and and like intercepting a pass, and he's good at that. And it's like he's ready to do that, and then all of a sudden he kind of pivots out, and there's just a pass that gets made right behind his back heel. And I don't know. It's just driving me nuts. I'm, I'm already getting my playoff sweats in. Um, but that was frustrating to me. That was part of how, like, that was how Eichel got to tipping the goal in um, was his positioning. He was just on the wrong side of the goalie, wrong side of the mm-hmm. wrong side of the crease. Um, Paul Cotter, oh, my God. Paul Cotter made the Rusty Colton turnover. Remember the Rusty Colton turnover I told you last week where he's behind the net, he goes to roll his he goes to roll his hand, stick handling, and just pops it in front. Yep. Paul Cotter did almost the exact same thing right to Morgan Geeky in front. Couldn't bury it. Um but that was That's correct. it was funny That's to see that same thing um right back again. So the Bruins are down one, Grizzlick gets a point shot, seeing eye, goes in. Um disrupted by Geeky getting in the way. You know, Geeky, I've got my problems with him, but He's a fucking big boy. Um, he's just a fucking big boy. Um, 
All right. Oh, here it is. Oh no, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I misinterpreted that. All right. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's keep it What's going to happen in this game? We got the whole play-by-play. Pasternak and Zaka have this great play in the neutral zone, right? It's like a it's like give and go. They're flying into the offensive zone, and fucking Geeky just like skates right into him at that zone entry. It just you have all three four. They just collide. Puck pops out, becomes a two on one the other way. Comes down. Barbashev gets the two on one pass after like a rebound save. He's got wide open net to shoot at. Swayman makes the fucking scorpion save. Do you guys see this? You didn't see, it? see the, the You know save. the scorpion save. I know the the save. I didn't have guy sprawled the... out with the butterfly pads yeah. down. The guy goes to elevate and he lifts the leg. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. Insane. Um, overtime loss because Pasternak just had a brain fart and uh, Petrangelo ends up coming in on a two on one, taps it in on Lindholm. Not shocking because Lindholm neither denied the pass nor the shot. Anyway, I'm getting really long winded here, boys. I'm sorry about that. I, Final loose change thoughts. Some of the caffeine. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ. There's so many. There, other games okay, right I'll now. give you a couple here. Go for it. And then pick the ones that you like. You got it. Um, <laughs> There's a quick one, very quick, but noticed it. Tonight we have the Wings game on in the background. Sprung is rocking actually a purple visor tonight. Um, Elton never wears the same outfit twice. Yeah, so that is pretty cool. Um, also, just quick Wings. The wings have been hot. Alex Lyon is unbelievable right now. I mean, he's stealing games, sprawling saves all over the place for a guy that's getting paid like a million a year over two-year deals. Over a two-year deal, pretty awesome. Um, play Stevie by why finding the finding the net minders. Yeah, it's just crazy. He didn't play the first forty games of the season. Right. No, I know. Like, and he was, or the first like twenty five, and he was on the well, roster. Then he got hurt, and it's been up and down. But yes, he's uh, been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's been great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to touch on this Edmonton Toronto game. Uh, pretty exciting game. Obviously, a lot of star power in this. Yeah, Edmonton. I, I know they've been playing so well. It's like almost hard to critique them. They have not been giving up goals lately. They still have defensive issues, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I watched the highlights and I watched a little bit of it live, but there's this this Matthews goal where it looks like a great pass from Harner, and it is. But then you look at Edmonton, all five of their guys are on one half of the ice. And it seems like they do this thing where they collapse, in the, and I don't know if it's intentional or not. They just press one side of the ice. And if you can get through that, you, you have a guy wide open. And it's like, yeah, it was a nice play. Matthews makes a nice like cut to the back post, essentially. But he's wide open. It's Austin Matthews. And it's like nobody saw him. Um, and the more I watch the Oilers, like I've started to like notice this a bit. They continue to do this where like they overload. Um, it's a thing. Uh, Hyman, unbelievable, not only in front of that, but at getting to the net. He's got the whole package of shielding the puck and getting there. Um, I think an underrated part, everyone talks about the finishing up close, which is unbelievable, probably the best in the league right now. He gets there though. Like he he creates his own chances a good amount of the time, which I, I don't think he gets enough credit for. And I no, I, I I was tuned into this Toronto Edmonton game too. That was that was a great game, great barn, right? Do you hear yeah. the Let's go Oilers, Let's go, go Leafs, go, right? Yeah. They're a good good conflicting fun. chance, loud loud barn. That was fun, fun, and a lot of just best on best out there. Um, you had a lot of Matthews and mm-hmm. McDavid shifts. That's just a game, and that game's got to be a national TV game. Oh, it's Canadian, Canada's best two teams. I agree with you. I know, and I thought they just botched like the scheduling. That's Tough on be, a Tuesday night. I, they just got to do better on that, um, but that was awesome. But one thing I had from that was the Nyes. Did you see the Nyes and Bouchard exchange? No. All right, so Nyes comes out to pressure Bouchard. Um, and there's like a little bit of a physical thing where Bouchard gets dumped. Bouchard gets up and slashes Nyes on the knee and knocks, knocks Nyes' stick out of his hands. 
Um, and Nyes like freaks out and starts bitching to the ref, and Bouchard's just pretending like he didn't slash him. And then all of a sudden, Bouchard beats Nyes to the to because Nyes is complaining. Bouchard pinches in to be open for a play, um, and puck gets covered up. And in the process, in the process of Bouchard beating Nyes, and then Nyes kind of backchecking to catch up to him, <laughs> Nyes is skating in on the loose puck that's covered in front of the net. And just before the whistle, Nyes cuts right in front of Bouchard, and Bouchard just chops him on the lower back and dumps him right into the goalie. And uh, that just sequences me. It's like two of the young stars, Canada's two, you know, I think biggest teams right now. Um, and like Nyes and Bouchard, two guys that are going to be playing for those teams for a long time, we think. Uh, it was just interesting to me. I thought Bouchard totally got away with one, but I saw a little, I saw a little bitchiness out of Nyes. Only Nyes two penalties in this one, too. Um, now, the. The, the rest of that game, there was a sequence there. Um, I don't need to go crazy on it, but basically I bailed on Morgan Riley too soon. He looks really good. <laughs> we've done this. We've been down this road a few times now. Dude, I don't know why we need to bail on this guy. Like, he's pretty proven that he's good defenseman yeah. at this point. I think we should just keep <laughs> it at his that. Hatred, you know? His hatred for the Leafs is I know, I know. a little biased on this I'm, one. I'm, I'm kind of backing on Morgan Riley. All right, I'm done boring everyone. I'm sorry for that tangent. I, I got totally lost in the sauce there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it was like the booze going on or what. I just my no, that was like seven pages of notes. It's just too bad. I got I got to cut that down. We'll, we'll work. On that. <laughs> love the devotion. Love the effort. I don't know. The caffeine's flowing. I'm hot. I didn't but if hat. anyone ever wants today, any any, any, any final loose change thoughts? Are we ready to keep her moving? Army to you. I'm not even gonna look at the phone. There's too much in there. No, I mean it was a good week of hockey. There should yeah. be. Now we're getting to prove it territory yep. too. Playoff races are developing a bit more, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of tight ones too. The pushes are uh, they're starting to happen. Yep, you're starting to see it. And, uh, you know, as we talked about, I mean, we're starting to see potentially Edmonton start to pass uh, L.A. in the Pacific. Um, and, you know, teams are staying hot. You know, the Florida Panthers still still a tough team to beat. Uh, is it Vancouver's real division to, to walk away? The only thing I saw was I think the Philadelphia Flyers have a 69% chance of making the playoffs. They're it's, hot. They, they're, still, they're, just, they're not just hot. They're playing well. Drysdale looks good. That should be mentioned. Yep. Drysdale looks really good. Yep. And Torts loves him. I've never seen really does. I've not, I feel like, like this guy's you singing. See him adapt a, or adopt a player as much as he's loved. Uh, I've never heard Torts talk about a player like he talks about JV Drysdale. Well, I think some of that is a little bit of uh, towing the flyer line there. Drysdale, after the Gautier BS, I get it, but it's also Torts. Like he's like he's hey, talking a lot. It's working. <laughs> it's think, working. But I think every word Torts says in public about Drysdale is a bit of a jab at Gautier. I agree. I agree. But he's doing it. Like <laughs> hey, whether we like working. it or not, it's <laughs> working. They're two points uh, behind Carolina to in Jack's terms of the point, standard. Most standings. importantly, it's working. Right. Yep. What's happening in Philadelphia is working. They've so. bought in. They've absolutely bought in. Good and for it's, them. It's worked. And anybody that's a Flyers fan says they have no chance of the cup. They should be tanking. Is a fucking idiot. Agreed. This is the vibes, vibe central, vibe central. As we talked of the hot teams, Edmonton on the eleven game win streak as they continue to to rip them off. But uh, another phenomenal loose change, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening into a, a bit of a longer one, but all good. Rusty, uh, Rusty it, went to, and did his homework for sure. Arguably our worst loose change ever, based on <laughs> just purely my fault. So. Moving on, moving on, moving on. I did uh, Terminator of the Week last week. I think Armin did it the week before. I know we were catching up for a few, but I think it's you, Rusty, (laughs) to keep the the ball in your court. I'm going to keep it simple and stupid because I've been doing a little bit of the termite audit, and I haven't, like – Right, so I've done the ter- I've done some of the termite audit. Um, I think I'm caught up on last year, and I need to just do this year before the All Star break. One guy that we did, JG Pajot. Yep, I like it. There's your termite. That's your termite of the week, Rusty's JG Pajot. I like it. Net I like it. Weapon. Interesting. Maybe the best playoff performance of all time. Four Un- goals with the Sens. Un- oh God, that Sens run that 
Okay, killed the Bruins. Um, but uh, Peugeot, face-off guy, gritty guy, skilled guy. Um, he's a really underrated and overlooked player. And, you know, when we, when we go back to the definition of a termite, Miles Wood, Miles Wood-type players, mm-hmm. Peugeot would be a really good center with Miles Wood on his line, you know? Like, I, it would just – it would – because he, he, he's a little more responsible. He's a little bit less reckless, a little more calculated. Uh, he can be dirty when he needs to be dirty. Um, unfortunately, I think he dives sometimes when he has a chance to dive, which is not Miles' game. Um, but Miles yeah. just blows a tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the dive. He's like, no, I didn't try to do that. <laughs> My, every penalty Miles draws is, is sincere. <laughs> that's for sure. I will say shed. Peugeot on the Islanders, Like I feel like every other team in the league – would see Peugeot's value more than the Islanders. Like he'd so, be more valuable on any other team. So I disagree. I think he's like he is like the core of what Islander potential. hockey is. He That's is. Fair. Everyone else needs a little bit of Islander hockey. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Like like if the Islanders so like that that's kind of the frustrating thing about the Islanders here. Like like Lou's locked everyone up, right? So like the yep. entire roster is like set in stone. Like yep. they don't have movable contracts. Like they've got a good group of players that are all kind of the same players. Peugeot's right in the midst of that. If the Islanders were, like, if something happened, they just lost every single game. Maybe mm-hmm. Sorokin goes on the shelf and they get horrid goaltending. Right. And they lose 15. Still have arm off. And they lose, like, 15 out of 20 games. There are so many playoff pieces that every other Because <laughs> their team's full of those of third-line third grinders. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yep. yep. And they make it work, and they make it, they make it work as first-line grinders, which is weird. But – uh, Saturday picks, boys. The boys hit uh, hit the parlay last week. Uh, Alex and Ross, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, did bring bring the real juice to this one. But um, nice to see the boys hit one. Ross's magical streak continues as he's now at nine and four. Alex goes to eight and five, and I'm at seven and six. Saturday picks, Ross. You ready to shoot from the hip? Or you, you're, I see you loading up that phenomenal ESPN app that you love so much. Doesn't have necessarily the time to look at the Friday matchup. Who is he going to pick? Shoot from the hip. Saturday pick. Ross, lead us away. Saturday picks coming in and bailing out Rusty's gambling balance after a tough NFL weekend, which, by the way, was capped off by uh, Buffalo alternate line by 16 and a half, and that dickhead missed a kick oh, uh, yep. up 14 to make <laughs> yep. it 17. God, that was a heartbreak. Um, anyway, Saturday picks bailed me out, and you know what else bailed me out? Live betting Colorado Avalanche down three against Toronto Saturday night. Ah, so I hit both of those that night. And a good I had, night. I had some house money that I just lit on fire the next day. Um, all right, boys. We look at this lineup of games. Oh, There's some great matchups. <sighs> yeah, but you got you see a lot of matinees on there. Those are problematic. It's a big uh, interconference. Interconference. Yeah, interconference yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, Very game, big. Game I'm going to be watching is Maple Leafs Canucks. If I'm not doing anything. Oh, God, I'm going to be watching football. Maybe the two TV rig again. Oh, we've got a Battle of Alberta, too. Saturday's a great line. Oh, my God. Rangers, Kings, Nightcap. It's, it gets better and better as Fuck. he keeps scrolling down. It's awesome. Fuck. Stars, Devils. You know what? That's going to be a Saturday night lock-in with the two TVs if anyone's interested. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. I'm looking at these games. I'm trying to stay away from matinees. Heavy matinee schedule. <laughs> uh, I know they're competing with that NFL schedule. I know. I don't want to be too chalky here. I'm looking at a couple. Oh, God, that's a matinee. It's frustrating. Um, all right. All right. I got I to gotta just check here. Send it on home. Here's the big thing. And I, one of my loose change items I didn't get to is Charlie fucking Lindgren playing back-to-back games for Washington against the Rangers this week. He's the man. 
It's CFL. CFL. What is I'm it? Ri- yeah, CFL. 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 The Canadian Football League. Charlie fucking Lindgren. I'm riding CFL. Capitals at Blues. I'm Oof. taking the Caps. Interesting. At the Enterprise Rent-A-Car Center. Riding the Caps. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Charlie fucking Lindgren. I don't even know if he's going to play, but uh, <laughs> Kemper's been pretty good too. So uh, CFL is going to rob the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Cryrou is going to be in tears. And, uh, yeah, we're riding CFL, boys. That's Points-wise, that's a pretty good matchup. We'll be uh, looking forward to see where the, where the action is in terms of the money line. Alex, what do you got for your Saturday picks at 8 and 5? Yeah, so the wings don't play. Oh, what a shocker! He's got to go out of uh, go to got to go trend. out of the norm and pick off. I mean, off everybody Detroit. was upset. They said, "Get right game for the Kings." No, dude, that was a snipe. Honestly, like that was a really that was a great call. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And the funny thing is, the Kings had their get right game the next game. Yep. Yeah. You just that's timing, baby. Yeah, that's how we do it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take Stars traveling to New Jersey to take on the Devils. I'm not sure it is. I, so I, the reason why. I was thinking that one, but that felt chalky to me. You know why? So I actually checked to make sure it wouldn't be too chalky. <laughs> the Devils were minus 185 tonight against, against the Canadians. But the Canadians aren't a joke this year. They are, actually. Not really, though. Yeah, they, um, are. they are, actually. They're less that's of enough. the joke than of the joke team. Minus 185 is a big favorite in the NHL. Good yeah. save. Less of a joke than I thought. Stars traveling to New Jersey. I'm taking the Stars. Interesting. I like the okay. pick. I like the pick. Also, coincidentally, does that outcome help the Wings' playoff chances? <laughs> yes, it does. Go Western always, Conference. Always needs to tie it in. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think we're going to keep the theme of, uh, of the three games on the away. I'm going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs to come in and beat the Vancouver oh Canucks. Oh, my God. We just lost the bet. Well, we'll, oh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't like we'll see. I know you're not going to like it. I know it, it's – Canucks I, at home, hockey night in Canada. Got to swing. Got to swing for the fences here. I know you're thinking I'm swinging for the miss, but I'm going to take the Leafs to beat the Canucks. And, uh, you know, it's – this is going to be a big win for the Leafs. They're 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 a little bit distracted. It's been a weird week. It's been a weird uh, year for them, and I think this, this is where – uh, maybe you look at a big win in Canada, but like you said, hockey night in Canada. I'll say this: uh, better in, be plus money in, in defense of the Leafs. It should be. Um, that's that's where the motivation's necessary. That's but, probably but, coming from. But if there's been a knock on the on this Leafs core, it, it, regular season wise, it's coming this week. Well, it's, it's it's they play up and down to their competition, right? Yep. So they could look shittier against you know a, a bad Montreal team than mm-hmm. they could look great against a great Vancouver team. So yeah. hey, there. fuck Thank it, you. fuck Thank it, you. Jack, Thank fuck you. it. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. you listen to Kipper and Bourne enough. You should have should have one fucking Leafs pick in you. Uh, it's I don't I think I've stayed away from it all year. So I'm I'm, I'm going to Montreal or I'm going to Montreal. Uh, Vancouver. Going to, going to Vancouver for the Toronto Maple Leafs to beat the Canucks. Uh, that's another great Saturday pick. So we'll hope to keep the uh, make it a streak and see if we can put a little parlay streak together. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Any closing thoughts before we send her on home? I'm still recovering from my loose change rant. I, I'm sorry, boys. It happens. I, it happens. Know, I just this one got away. Big name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't have any final thoughts. Nice. Actually, I do. Uh, I figured you might. Baker's coming to Detroit. <laughs> get cooked. Jared Goff may be the best quarterback in the league at this point. That's where we're getting to this realm. Have you found your, your name Goffins. for your alter ego of, of the Penny Sewell and the Libre mask? Have you found your name of that uh, that outfit yet? Average Lions fan. Our Mysterio Jr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean. Line showed out. I wanted to go to the game. Too bad it's eight hundred bucks for standing room. Division only. room. It's supposed to be the um, most expensive division round game uh, ticket price. Yeah, I mean it's like four hundred fifty bucks more. I was on Twitter 
this Lions fan is selling his like all his signed merch to get a ticket. Everyone's just like, we need to be here, and mm. it looks awesome. Mm. So mm. just enjoy it. You know, if your team's not in the playoffs, what better team mm. to support mm. than Detroit? It's what America's about. I'm on the I'm on Grinding the for your own opportunity, earning it, biting kneecaps. We're here. It's a story of resilience. If it could be in the one that ends the Jordan Love story, in potentially in the conference round game, I would be happy about it. But we're ending all stories. I got my chips in the Houston bag right now. I thought it was fun to watch that that boy strap. Cool. Work. I would be fine with Houston coming to play Detroit in the Super Bowl. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. The game's in Houston, isn't it? No, it's Houston at Baltimore. They're no, ten no, no, point no, no, out no, of the no, Super no. Bowl. I think the Super Bowl is in Houston. Is what I'm saying. Oh. I mean, it doesn't matter where because the Lions will, or the fans will feel it. You'll be there. You'll be there. Detroit is going to go through another recession if we make the Super Bowl because <laughs> nobody will have any money left. <laughs> I mean. Oh my lord, valid, valid. All right, another great episode of Slot Shot Podcast. If you want to hop in the mailbag, give us an email at where Ross Slot Shot Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Take it. Leave it. We're here for the notes. We're here for the comments. We're here for the questions. Go follow Ross at Rusty Pedroia. Go follow Armdog at Armdog, Arm, <laughs> Armdog underscore SS. Give me a follow at Siffyman. Uh, follow the pod at Slotshot Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We know it was a long one, but we'll see you guys next week for another fantastic week of hockey. Don't forget the podcast. The Termite Show is coming soon. Ross is doing his homework, so we're excited to see who's going to be on this year's uh, Termite roster. All-Star Weekend. We are going to have the announcement of all prior, all, all prior Termites of the week and yep. the down selection to our either starting lineup or, or the week one week, week, week one. Um, Week one roster, so we're, yeah. we're, we're going to work out the kinks. And there will be some cuts. There has to be some cuts. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think I we've gotten to the numbers, cuts. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, asshole. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Folks, have a good night. I'm going to go punch Ross after the podcast. We'll see you guys next week.